And good evening, everybody. I'm here with uh, our latest guest. Our first external guest is uh, Brian Johansson. Uh, welcome, Brian. Hey, man. How's it going? Good. How you doing? How you doing? I'm chilling. Uh, I'm happy to be here. Oh. Um, it's it's kind of funny. I, we didn't know much about each other's podcast going into this. I mean, I still don't really even know much, but um, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, me too. Me too. In fact, uh, you're the first external guest that I had. Um, I had another person on, or was going to have another person on. Um, I talked about him yesterday, or maybe, maybe on my last podcast, where he was a he has a small uh, indie band. It's a um, kind of a rock comedy kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. He had kind of a Weird Al kind of vibe to it, but. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know great dude um unfortunately he had to cancel on me so i just ended up doing a podcast uh by myself i'm noticing for me personally um when i do my podcast by myself i tend to ramble on and on and on i listen back to my shows and i critique the hell out of myself um whereas <laughs> we with all this do. oh yeah totally in fact that was one thing I, I like having a guest on especially somebody who i've never met before i've never dealt with before um because then you can kind of you know rap back and forth and uh so i, I saw when we originally talked that you were a stand-up comic and it really fascinated me to have somebody on there you know because one i'm a big stand-up comedy fan big big stand-up comedy fan my favorite comic of all time is sam kinnison and you might not actually be uh old enough to know who he is but uh, oh i know yeah perfect um and then um but also i wanted to sit get you know kind of the behind the scenes kind of thing somebody who actually thought about stand-up comedy, had the balls, went up on stage, you know, open micers, bombed, you know, got their teeth kicked in, tried it again, you know, all that kind of jazz. So can you tell me how you kind of got, got your feet wet when it came to that? Well, um, it's kind of, I'm, I'm kind of in like a similar, similar situation as a lot of other guys in my shape. I'm 22. Right. So, um, I'm, I'm really just getting, uh, started. I, I, st- I got into it cause the same way a lot of guys do just listen to, you know, Joe Rogan, Bill Burr, Theo Vaughn, all those guys, Burt Kreischer, Tom Segura, just right. all the guys who are really big in podcasting. And, uh, I, I and the one that really got me was, uh, the show kill Tony. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of like an American idol. It's hilarious. He, he goes in on the comics and I was like, damn, these guys have the balls to do it. I mean, I might give it a shot. And when I say I do it, mm-hmm. got it kind of got to take it with a grain of salt because, um, I started doing it probably a year and a half ago, and right. just like open mics and then like COVID hit. So oh, there hasn't yeah. been much to do. So I've only gotten to do a couple shows and stuff, but like, you know, I've been working on it and everything. Um, so yeah i'm just getting started but it, it's it's fun um it's kind of tough i mean honestly like i haven't i didn't even at first at first i was so scared to do it that i didn't even like tell my friends that i was gonna do it yeah um like honestly some people might be hearing this and being like damn brian does stand-up comedy because yeah. uh like i was even too too afraid to tell them sometimes but i i've done a couple open mics bombed really fucking hard at a couple <laughs> um bet. and then uh had some you know decent laughs that kind of stuff but it's really fun man and uh so is podcasting right right yeah in fact so can you kind of walk me through uh you know your like your how you came up with your first you know little set you know how you how you decided to get on stage you know was it like a local comedy club i mean how did you how did you get up there so i um i've always been told I mean, people would always just tell me that I get go off on tangents and I have really good stories. So that's where, where, where I got the uh, idea to do it. But where I actually started was this place right outside of Philadelphia. I'm in the Philadelphia area. Right. Um, and I just looked them, up, looked them up. They said they had an open mic and I just went there and I didn't actually end up going up the first time I went there because I uh, didn't have the sack to do it. 
Um, yeah. So I ended up pussying out at first. And then finally, after going a couple more nights, I ended up actually going up. Mm-hmm. And it actually, um, that one went really well. Right. So it's kind of funny because that gives you like that that big boost right up front when, when it goes well. So you're like, damn, maybe I really can do this. Yeah. And then I went up the next time I was all antsy and I didn't have anything uh, new prepared and just ate shit. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've seen a lot of uh, uh, comedians talk about their first time and, you know, where they have really like just eaten shit. Um, in fact, there's a great um, series. It's on the comedy store. Um, it was like a five part series and they talk about the comedy store as a whole and for me, one of the neatest things that I saw was you saw these big legendary comics. Like they were talking to Chappelle, they were talking to Joe Rogan, they were talking to all mm-hmm. these, these comedians and they were talking about eating shit on stage where they said, hey, you know, I, I had like two minutes worth of material, but I was on for 10 and, you know, I was super excited, forgot a joke, all these other things. And you sit there and you don't, you don't put two and two together. You're used to seeing these people on stage and they're, you know, you're, they're, they seem to just naturally flow when, when they're on stage and they're comfortable, but people forget, you know, it's, it takes a lot of courage to get up on stage to talk to strangers and to make them laugh. So um, one of the things though, that, you know, so when you got up on, on stage and, and you ate shit, I mean, what was the first thought that went through your head? Well, so I did like pretty much the exact same thing that I had done when it had worked. So mm-hmm. I went up there fully expecting it to work and i um kind of added uh stuff that wasn't me to it Mm -hmm. um i like where i thought people were laughing i would try and kind of exaggerate those areas whereas the first time i just went up and just told a story as if i was just telling my buddy a story Mm -hmm. um so i ended up yeah eating shit and and the worst part about it what was really going through my head is like because i was expecting it to go so well Mm -hmm. and then things just weren't going my way it completely Mm -hmm. threw me off and i was even like forgetting what i was about to say um i didn't it's just a story i had to tell um and like i was forgetting how it went like it actually happened to me and i was even forgetting that so like i'm sweating um i'm just looking out no one's laughing And, and the worst part is um since it's not like there there's not like professional comedians at like the 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 grape room in manionk pa like there's there's no pros there on any given night especially at the open mics right so uh the the fans aren't like booing you or anything like that they're not expecting anything great but you look out and you get like these uh like sympathetic looks from some people (laughs) which is even worse (laughs) just like like you could like if you were to like um give up like a like the game-winning touchdown football Mm -hmm. and look at your mom like the look that she would have on her face but it's like the whole crowd they just like feel horrible for you and it's like now i'm now i'm I'm out here trying to entertain these people and they're just feeling bad for me (laughs) they're looking at me like i'm like pathetic which is like even worse if they were just be like fuck you get off the stage yeah i would i would much rather have a fuck you get off the stage yeah because yeah. then i would just get off the stage and it'd be over but instead oh. i'm trying to grind that out oh and, uh, yeah no, it's brutal. yeah because because my you know like as you're talking through it i can completely see what you're talking about because i've gone i've been to comedy shows probably i've been probably at least two to three hundred comedy shows um and you know, for a while we had, we had a local comedy club here that they were, they were censoring people. Um, and I didn't know that because I like dirty comedy, right? I like the right. little burrs and the, and the Joe Rogan's and all that. But when, when I found that out, I was like, Oh, no wonder, because there were some times where a guy would come up and he would say frick. And I'm like, dude, we're in a 21 and over comedy club. You can say fuck dude. It's totally cool. 
it's and, like almost embarrassing to not say it at that point. Oh, totally. And, patronizing. Yeah, but then, you know, I've seen guys get up there completely bomb and then you know you, you see and i've seen that that look you know especially when you have like the bachelorette parties and things like that and they yeah. just look at you like oh the poor boy he's doing so poorly and it's just the worst and you see the guy just slink over off stage and you can just tell that it, it just completely defeated him for the rest of the night and then on top of that you know because usually when i've gone to the comedy clubs you see these girls, you know, we call them chuckle sluts. I'm uh, sure that, you know, the younger generation has their word, but, you know, a groupie. And you can see a lot of them, they get all dressed up and they're like, oh my God, if this guy's really funny, I'm totally going to fuck him tonight. And then <laughs> you see the guy get off stage, he's completely bummed, and the girl just goes, nah, maybe not that guy. <laughs> yeah. Just the whole attitude has changed when yeah. once you see someone, uh, like, really get annihilated on a stage. Mm hmm. Exactly. So now he's gotten annihilated on stage and he's not getting pussy fun nights. <laughs> <laughs> it's really a lose-lose situation. Oh, See, totally. I don't even talk to people when I go. So I, I, I don't get any kind of groupies. I don't get any kind of attention. I just slink in the back like a, like mm -hmm. a creature until right. it's my turn to go up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God, that had to suck. And, and so on open micers, though, those are free, basically, though. They're not th throwing you 25 bucks or anything like that. <laughs> paying me yeah dude I, I pay to do some of them Did i have you? to pay oh, to go up there to do them. You? okay well, <laughs> yeah i'm not getting paid for anything yeah, yeah. god because i remember um uh, you know you know you listen to, to comedians talk and they go yeah open micer it was free you know i don't remember anybody after they pay maybe it was like a was it like a like a cover charge or something yeah, or was it just yeah. like 25 bucks you got to pay to get up on stage? No, 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 no. Okay. It wasn't like paying for a guaranteed spot. It's just cover charges and oh, then okay. drinks on top of that. But okay. but I'm definitely not making any money. They're yeah. not throwing oh, me yeah. a five. They're not doing anything like that. Yeah, like I was, um, you know, because I always wondered about the back end of things. In fact, one of the things that I did early on was um, I kind of wanted to open my own comedy club because I'm a big fan of it. Um, you know, I, I kind of know the, you know, business side of things. Um, give you an idea. I bought some real estate uh, a little while ago. It skyrocketed in value. I've got a decent amount of money. In fact, uh, do you know Steve Hofstetter? Um, he's got a lot of YouTube videos. He's a, he's a comedian. He's got a lot of YouTube videos. He, with, uh, he's hecklers. the guy who uh, beefs with the hecklers, right? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, guy, yeah, yeah, the yeah. redheaded dude. Yep, yep, um, yep. I talked with him, <clears throat> excuse me, probably four or five years ago, something like that. And the thought was um, opening a comedy club up here. And so I'm right on the border with uh, Portland, Oregon. And one of the thoughts that I had was, oh man, it'd be great to be able to open my own comedy club, right? Because I had talked to banks. I was talking to some local comics. I was talking to some promoters. I knew a guy who knew, you know, some uh, bartender who could get like barbacks. I mean, this was really starting to kind of come together. And I, I was talking to Steve Hofstetter and I said, Hey man, you know, would you be willing to kind of, you know, chat me up? I was I don't necessarily need you to, you know, fly up here and, you know, be a business partner or anything like that, but just kind of give me some pointers. And we had a pretty long conversation and super nice guy. And it never came to fruition um, for a very bunch of various reasons, but um, I really got close to it. And then by the time it was, you know, getting to where banks were starting to say yes, you know, documents were about to be signed, uh, Helium came along. And I think they have a Helium over in Philly, don't they? Yep. Okay. Yep. So Helium came by. Now we have a, a comedy club here named Harvey's and Harvey's 
they're nice people. And I, to be fair, I haven't been there in at least 15 years. So they may mm-hmm. have changed, but they were censoring comics. There was a two drink minimum, two item minimum. Uh, you know, you'd laugh, but it wasn't like a, oh my God, I'm peeing myself, crying, laughing kind of thing. Yeah. And, but, um, but Helium came along and Helium was, you know, hey, we're going to go ahead and have named comics, dirt cheap prices. You know, I could go there and see, like I saw Patton Oswald for i, I want to say like 25 bucks or something like that a ticket I, yeah it was it was nuts and so i was like well, of course i'm gonna do this absolutely i'm gonna do this but then i went you know with a buddy of mine um to see pat oswald and i looked around and i'm like holy shit there is no way i could possibly compete with these guys they have a 400 seat room everything is decked out everything was thought through they they clearly know what the fuck they're doing meanwhile i would stumble through and probably bankrupt myself right <laughs> i mean so, there's always the possibility of doing a you know like a more of a scene type place but right but not if you're trying to profit <laughs> yeah no. that's a charity at that point oh it totally was and for me you know one of the things that i did was you know i had uh, a girlfriend and it was like okay you know you got to be an adult you can't be you know running around you know playing com- comedy club owner you know that kind of thing so mm. it, it never really came to be um i i would love 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 to be able to re revisit that in fact i i entertain the idea there's no way in hell on god's green earth they would go for it but i always entertain the idea of approaching helium and seeing if they would sell me their portland operation that would be insane yeah um just because um i've got a really good relationship with the banks um super nice people um and on and on and on but um yeah i've entertained that idea and i could easily see them going no why would we do that (laughs) well as your first external guest um, absolutely if you uh if you ever do own helium portland and i'm in portland i better get a you know a headlining event there absolutely why not (laughs) Yeah, I saw, I actually got turned on to a comedian, uh, Kyle Kinane there. Um, he, you know, I, I was just in, in the mood to go to see a comedy show and he happened to be there and he's been one of my favorite comedians since. He's, he's kind of a, he's from Chicago. He's got this, he's got this gruff, gravelly, gravelly voice. He's super funny. He's dark. Um, like he has a bit where he talks about getting a blowjob from a girl who got into a car accident so violent she had to wear a helmet. <laughs> <laughs> and the worst part is, is that as he's sucking his dick, she goes, "Oh yeah, by the way, I I lied about my age." And he goes, "Why? Because you're because you're in uh, undergrad school?" She says, "No, I'm a junior in high school." And he's like, "Oh God, oh God." He says, but- "Then my lizard brain goes, well then you better hurry the fuck up." <laughs> <laughs> that's the definition of dark oh it oh totally, was, totally was yeah so yeah i'm uh but i'm fascinated by you know the the whole idea of a, of a comedian and you know going on the road and things like that so i mean you know with covid and all that i mean did it just kind of throw cold water on your career uh it derailed it but i yeah. uh just temporarily hopefully um i've been uh doing just other work and uh really trying to get this podcast off the ground but uh right. other but comedic like stand-up wise yeah right yeah, it's been fair. tough there's because well, like there's no point in doing a virtual show um right. might as well just live stream at that point the virtual show is like there's no crowd laughing so it's like yeah. it's literally you're staring at your wall in your bedroom yeah, it's, like, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's not the same yeah in fact uh, helium did that for a little while 
and there was one thing they did and I, I get where they were coming from, but it really turned me off was um, they had a thing when COVID hit, they shut everything down here. I mean, we, you know, on the West coast, the, the politicians here really do not know what they're doing. And so it was shut it all down. Okay. And then all of a sudden it was like, well, you know, if you're a protester, you know, you, you can, you're okay. But if you're, if you're a business, you're not okay. And if certain businesses become a nightmare and helium right. came out and said, Hey, listen, um, we're kind of getting our teeth kicked in. How about you donate some money to us? Now that in of itself wouldn't be so bad. The problem was that I, that, that I kind of, it rubbed me the wrong way was I was sitting there thinking, wait a minute, I paid uh, on many nights, I'd pay 30, 40 bucks, you know, generally around 30 uh, to get in per person. Then I'd pay for a two item minimum. You know, usually it was, you know, I get like a platter of whatever and, you know, a couple of drinks, blah, blah, blah. Pretty soon I'm out a hundred bucks and I'm thinking, okay, there is no way that you spent a hundred bucks or even 50 bucks, including paying the comic for what I have. What are you doing with all the money you had, you know? So plus they, um, I had uh, tickets to go see Titus at Helium. And when COVID hit, they were like, listen, we're going to hold on to your money. You know, you can probably get a, a, a refund, blah, 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 blah. And I, and I called them up and they never returned my call. None of that stuff. So I was like, yeah, okay, fine, whatever. So it just, just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But they were doing virtual um, uh, shows. You know, hey, pay 20 bucks or whatever it is. I send you a Zoom link. But yeah, it's the same thing like you're talking about. You're, you're, the, there's, there's something about a comedy show when you're seeing somebody, you're interacting with them, you're laughing, all those things. It really kind of, oh, I'll lose them. I think I lost a brother. Anyway, um, we, uh, we ended up, uh, there's just something about it, you know? So I'm gonna go ahead and pause here because I think I lost the brother. Hold on one second. Hey there. Hey. Anyway, sorry about that. What the hell happened? Yeah, no clue. I was, uh, I looked down and I was like, I was talking and all of a sudden it was like, oh, I'm the recording little spot, you know, jumped up. I'm like, why did that jump up? And I'm just like, okay, whatever. And I think nothing of it. And then all of a sudden we're not live. Oh God, that'd be great. You'd be like, oh, okay, what kind of quality equipment you got over there, buddy? <laughs> I got 7-Eleven Wi-Fi. Oh, totally. So, so yeah, but I, I totally saw what you were talking about when you were talking about uh, having a, you know, you're just kind of staring at a wall. Mm-hmm. And they did that for a little while, but it just, it just, there's something about it that you, just, you got to be able to to work off the crowd. The crowd's got to feel, you know, you you're going through your bits and all that. But yeah, it was just one of those things. So, so, so you basically you've only done a couple of open micers and then just kind of came to an end. Uh, yeah, I mean, I got a good amount of, out in a uh, in like a small span of time because I was working out in Philadelphia and I would just like sneak out after work and just go to one of those. Sure. Um, but but that was all in like a two month span and then all that went down. So yeah, um, it really threw everything off. But oh, I bet. But the podcast uh has helped me like you know it's like a I guess a creative outlet, but sure. nothing in the form of stand up. How have you, how's your podcast been going? Oh, uh, it's good. I mean, I'm on the first episode that I've released so far, but right. it, it went well. I'm, I'm doing this thing. It's kind of like um, I'm, I'm interviewing people who have done like outrageous things or taboo mm-hmm. things. So my first guest was actually this guy from Reddit mm-hmm. who I found who had his foot amputated and right. he like cut it off um, and then cooked it. And then him and his buddies ate it. So <laughs> 
that's the kind of <laughs> stuff I'm looking for because that's the kind of stuff right. that gets me going, gets me intrigued. Sure. So I'm looking for freaks and oddities. I mean, but he was a cool dude. So like I right. hate that I keep calling him a freak, but, eh, but... You know, shit happens. <laughs> Fuck him if he can't take a joke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, dude, you, you cut off your foot and you ate it as a taco meat. Come on. Now. Yeah, like how cool can you actually be? Exactly. So now <laughs> did he did he cut it off or was it like an accident and he just happened to be laying there and he went, Fuck it, you know, I'm hungry. Uh, it was like a motorcycle accident. He had okay. he got to amputate at the hospital. And he had to ask okay. him if he could keep it. It's that, it, <laughs> he said like that that was the first time they'd ever heard of it. It was actually like making me sick interviewing this guy. Oh, like I was actually getting great. queasy. I have a weak stomach to begin with. Oh. Like I passed out during the Revenant or in like the Wolverine oh. movies. So right, <laughs> listening to this live and oh, he's like oh. sending me pictures of it and oh, the taco meat. Whew. Well, I've seen, uh, that reminds me of a story. This is years ago. There was a guy who, um, I want to say it was like Germany or somewhere, somewhere in Europe. He, for whatever reason, just decided, you know, I got a dick and I don't want it anymore. He cut it off and ate it, like toss it in the fucking frying pan, fried it up and ate the fucking thing. And That's I'm gotta like, be mental. Oh illness. my God. <laughs> that is a serious dude. Cause I've, <laughs> I've had times where like, you know, the ball will, you know, the little bit of a ball sack will get caught in the underwear just right. Like you're jogging or whatever and pinch. And I'm like, oh, that'll drop me to my fucking knees. Yeah. But for the right price, I mean, you can get me to do Oof. pretty much anything. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not that though. Yeah. I've, uh, I've seen, well, I've seen some really dark shit over, over my life. I mean, you know, and you know, being as young as you are, you, you probably weren't exposed to any of the things that, that I was in the beginning. I mean, give you an idea. There was a video. Uh, God, this is must be in the 90s. There was a video of a I think he was a Chechen soldier and somebody had a boot on his head and he was on the ground and somebody stuck a knife in his throat and chopped his head off. And it's like full color and you can hear him scream and the whole nine. And people were losing their fucking minds because this was going around back in the days when you just did not see things like that. You know, you'd always read like the word beheading or, you know, something like that. And it was just a word. You thought nothing of it. But this was full live and in color. And you're going, oh, my fucking God. And I've seen videos like that over the years. And for whatever reason, it just doesn't bother me anymore. Now, to be fair, I've had like a fucked up childhood, a fucked up adulthood, all that kind of shit. So I'm really, you know, I got a real callous over my heart when it comes to certain things. I've seen, you know, Iraqi beheading videos. I've seen people get, you know, doing dumb shit and they fall off things. They get sliced open by things. Um, Probably the latest one I saw was an industrial accident. Uh, You've seen one of those giant lathes, you know, for like spinning metal and things like that. Yeah. Okay. Some guy was wearing a full, like, um, like a mechanics jumpsuit. Yeah. Wasn't paying attention the sleeve got caught and wrapped him around it. And all, and the thing is, is that <laughs> here, here's where my fucked up brain kicks in. I'm laughing. I'm laughing my ass off. I'm like, this is fucking hilarious. Here's why. I think it was in China or something like that because of the, the, the writing on the, um, on the screen. Right. I mean, it's not your arm. Exactly. Oh no. This, this guy turned into a mist. Like he did not survive. So Nobody, because it was in one of those giant warehouses where like it can be 30, 40 feet between you and somebody else. Well, it was fairly empty. So it caught him and it spun him around. And when it spun him, lathes are extremely powerful. 
Right. And so it spun around, smacked him against something. It stopped for an eighth of a second where you could clearly see it broke his arm. Then it spun him around again. And then it, it, I think it like shattered his shoulder or something like that and just kept spinning him. And then pretty soon it spins, spins. And then because his body is broken, it continues to spin. And pretty soon he's basically like a, a baggie of jello. And then all of a sudden it just turns into this mist. And all of a sudden... <laughs> It's the most fucked up thing I've seen in years, but I just giggled like a maniac because then all of a sudden his coworker comes by and is like, oh my God, shut it off, shut it off. And I'm sitting there going, why? You're not going to save him at this point. <laughs> you might as well just let him like eviscerate. Exactly. Save it's some like, money you know, on the cremation. He'll be empty in a little while. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, imagine. So you're seeing all this stuff at an older age, but just imagine. Mm-hmm. I went to middle school and we all had access to the internet. So, oh, yeah. I mean, it's started off with like me and my buddies would like you know send pictures of our balls to each other and be like haha i got you you saw my ball sack right but then it eventually like it it would just slowly escalate to worse and worse shit and then eventually i'm in like eighth grade Mm -hmm. i'm in class and it's like here look at this link i click on it and it's like an isis beheading or something Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) like some dude getting stoned (laughs) it's like didn't this start off with us looking at balls each other's ball sacks I don't. I didn't sign up for this. Oh, totally. Yeah. In fact, uh, one of my favorite ones, and it wasn't even that bad um, in, in terms of like gore or anything like that. But um, I was at. So I've been married twice because I'm a joy to live with, and <laughs> <laughs> my then wife, uh, her mother had um, like a kidney failure, or something or liver failure, one of those important organs failure. And I hated her with a passion. She was just a miserable woman. I fucking hated her guts. But I'm being nice. I'm being respectful. She uh, she said, "Hey, I'm gonna quit dialysis." Oh, it was it was uh, liver? I think that's for dialysis. Uh, anyway, yeah. um, so anyways, she says, "Hey, I'm done getting poked. I'm gonna stop doing this." The doctor said, "You stop doing this. You have 30 days to live." She said, "I don't care. I'm tired of getting stuck." Cool. So we travel up to where she's at. Blah 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 and she eventually passes right so all the family shows up because she has like seven sisters or some shit like that and i'm thinking her poor fucking father seven girls in a house is driving up the fucking wall but (laughs) (laughs) run me over oh totally so now keep in mind this is before the iphone so i had a flip phone with a color screen it was probably like a three inch color screen two or three inch color screen it was fairly large for the time so I could get picture texts and it was, oh my God, this is the most wonderful technological thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so I open up the phone and I and when you're at funerals, things like this, it's like, oh, I haven't seen you in so long. Yeah, yeah, you too. Oh, here's my new phone number, right? Okay, cool. Everybody's exchanging contact information. Well, I flip open my phone and my uh, ex-mother-in-law's sister um is saying, oh, wow, look at your phone. This is so neat. I haven't seen this before. I'm like, yeah, yeah, check this out. So I'm, I'm putting in her contact information and I'm showing it. And all of a sudden, this text message comes up um, with a picture and it's five dudes laying on their sides, dick and ass, back to back to back to back to back to back. And it goes, toot toot, all aboard the man train. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm like, whoa, what the fuck is that? So I close it up real fast. And of course, the aunt, she looks at it. She's like, oh, my. <laughs> Just like oh. classic aunt response. Oh, totally. And so I I, uh, I call the person that sent it to me. And I go, dude, what the fuck? 
And he says, pretty funny, huh? And I go, I got it in a fucking funeral home. He goes, but it was still funny, right? And I'm like, oh, absolutely. It was funny. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> you totally got me. <laughs> Honestly, even funnier. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing is like every now and then when we when we start, because we send same thing. We send fucked up shit to each other. Right. And one of the first things we'll do is every now and then we'll go, hey, toot toot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that just reminded me, but I remember um, my buddies used to have this bet, mm-hmm. um, like a long-term bet um, that if the movie... I think it was Jurassic Park. If Jurassic mm. or it was either Titanic or Jurassic Park came on, mm. um, they had to watch it to completion, like no matter what the circumstances were. Right. And uh, I don't know why this reminded me of this. So sorry for going on a tangent. But yeah, yeah, go ahead. But literally, like four of them, like at any point, even if they were alone, no matter who they're with, if they're flipping through the channels, if that's on, they have to watch it to completion. Right. And um, so long story short, one of them's getting married, and the best man doesn't show up. <laughs> and um and like they're like what the hell where is he and he misses the entire wedding and then like they check their phones at the end of the wedding and it was mm-hmm. just a picture of him watching either titanic or jurassic park whichever <laughs> one it was and he was like sorry guys and the, the groom was just like ah oh, man it's all right you had to do it yeah you, so you he literally it. missed like his, his like buddy's <laughs> wedding i think this was my boss telling me this honestly oh, that's but great. yeah oh that's <laughs> fucking great <laughs> entirely to completion oh yeah uh, in fact, I um, it's starting to make you know the little little keywords, and I'm kind of noticing the same thing with you as I'm talking with you. My first thought is this reminds me of my trip to Europe. So right after my divorce from my first wife, um, and I've, I think I've told this story before, but right after my my first uh, um, first wife, my first divorce, my buddy calls me up. He says, "Hey man, I got a I got a coworker of mine who's getting married in India." Um, you really ought to come. He says, we'll use it as an excuse to crisscross Europe. I'm like, all right, cool. So his, his coworker comes to my Super Bowl party of that year. I think it's Super Bowl. Uh, I forget what it, but it was, it was just 2008 turning into 2009. Right. And uh, the guy comes over and he's an Indian dude. Every stereotype you can think of. He's a little dude. He talks with that standard Indian accent, the whole line. He's a real nice guy, but you know, all, all the usual standards, right? Does so, IT work? Yeah. So he's, uh, he sounds like tech support basically. (laughs) So now I got to preface this. My friends will absolutely bend over backwards, give you the last dollar on their, in their pocket, give the shirt off your back, even commit felonies for you. They're the kind of guys, but they're fucking jackals. If they smell any blood in the water, they will rip you apart and it's all in fun and it's all, you know, just good, good times. But if you were an outsider, you're kind of like, oh my fucking God, these guys are going to kill each other. So we, he comes to the Super Bowl party. My friends who are there, we're talking, we have guys there who are like MMA fighters, right? Real guys who've been to the UFC the whole night, right? <laughs> and so we're all flipping each other's shit and we're doing all these other things. And he shows up and he's all of like five foot four, a hundred pounds soaking wet. And we go, he goes, I'm getting married. And of course, all the guys are like, no, what are you doing, man? You're in America. This is free land, man. What are you fucking <laughs> doing? Right. So he says, my buddy says, tell him more. And he goes, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's an arranged marriage. And I'm like, oh no, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't say that in front of my friends. And of course the fucking knives come out and they're like arranged marriage, dude, come on, man. Don't give us that shit. It ain't arranged marriage. He goes, no, it really is. And, and all of a sudden it dawns on everybody. This really is an arranged marriage. <laughs> and of course we're like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? Your dad picked out your old lady. What the fuck? Right. 
So he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I go, tell me there's a dowry. Are you getting like a goat and like three camels or some shit like that? And he's like, no, it doesn't work that way. He says, but there is a dowry. I'm like, oh my God. So we're like, okay, well, let's see what your lady looks like. And he says, oh, I, I got to talk to her on Skype for the first time. And I'm like, oh no, have you never seen her face to face? He goes, well, no, we've only talked, talked over Skype. And like, you could feel the air run out of the room going, what the fuck, right? So of course we see her. She's not an attractive woman. I'm sure she's nice, but she's not an attractive woman. Must be a high dowry. Oh my God. There must've been billions spent. <laughs> millions and millions of goats. Oh, totally. <laughs> she was a bigger girl. Fine. Whatever. This girl had a mustache that I'm telling you, she looked like Richard Pryor. She really did. <laughs> <laughs> but we're being nice. You know, we're flipping them a little bit of shit, you know, here and there, you know, we're like, Oh, that's your old lady. Huh? wow okay whatever right so fast forward right we get to europe and i don't know what it is about india you ever been to india by the way no no okay so i went to chennai i think it's how you pronounce it chennai it's it's right on the indian ocean um very nice people very pro-american so we get there and um apparently the guys there are deathly afraid of losing their hair they will do anything to keep their hair or at least the appearance of hair and it's sad and pathetic really you know you see guys with like these toupees are all fucked up and you know paint shit on it's like dude you're not fooling anybody (laughs) but i'm a white dude and i'm in the best shape of my life um but i shave my head completely bald right so i show up and all the kids are staring at me like holy shit that's a real white person like i had i had a couple of kids walking up like touching my arm like ooh, it's real (laughs) you know so i'm having a grand old time right but they have at least in that part they have this system where i'm an esteemed guest so work is everything at least in this city from everybody that i talk to so it goes elderly men then esteemed guests usually work related then men then boys then elderly women then women, then girls, then they call them servants, but basically like waiters, waitresses, shit like that. This is like the household caste system. Oh, it totally is. Totally is. So I show up and now when I'm, when I'm visiting somewhere, you know, I'm a guest, I'm on my best behavior, super nice, the whole nine. And ah, sorry, I got, um, I, I'm there, we're having a grand old time and, uh, everybody is walking up and talking to me because you know they've never they've only seen white people on on fucking tv now all of a sudden here's here's a real one and he's bald like (laughs) and i'm rocking it and it's not even like oh god don't look i wear a baseball hat no this is like i'm here and you know all that and so there's this little boy he's probably about 10 and he's following me around he's just fascinated because i'm telling stories kind of like i'm telling you and he's fascinated so he's tell me about america tell me about this tell me great man what do you want to know little brother and he's being really cool, right? So <laughs> I, uh, I I see this girl and she's a waitress for the catering company that's doing everything. Mm-hmm. And my first thought is, I want to fuck her, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I go to the groom and I go, hey, brother, you know, how you been? You know, congratulations, blah, 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 blah. And he's, and he's like, oh, hey, man, how's it going? I says, this girl keeps walking by and I think she digs me. And he goes, oh, no, dude. He says, you don't understand. You know, Indian culture is very different, blah, 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 blah. And you know when a girl will walk by and then like look at you as she's walking by, kind of look down at like your feet and then kind of eyeball you up and whatever. That's a universal sign that she's checking you out. Wouldn't know. No, I'll, uh, I'll take you to a brothel. We'll, we'll get you going. <laughs> so 
She walks by, she does that, and he goes, oh, oh, fuck, she likes you. God damn it. And I'm like, what? What's the problem? He says, he says, dude, he says, I, I like it. You're a really nice guy. He says, but you're, you're, you're intense. You, you got to calm down. And I go, here's the thing, dude. I says, I am newly divorced. I have a pocket full of cash. I'm in a foreign nation. I have no responsibilities whatsoever. I don't have a wife. I don't have kids. I don't have anything except for money, and I want to fuck. There is nothing stopping me from banging an Indian waitress right now. I'm going to learn Hindi by the end of the night if I have to. (laughs) Exactly. So he goes, just, just, just please don't get arrested. I'm like, oh yeah, don't worry about that. So fast forward, this girl's bringing me these little, these little drinks and they're pretty good. And they're these little fruit cup things. I don't know the fuck they are. Right. So I'm Mm -hmm. drinking a bunch of them. She's smiling at me the whole time. And I'm like, this chick is, is digging on me. So then uh, this other waitress comes by and says, oh, hi, would you like to try these little lemon uh, ones? And I go, oh, I've had those. And before I can pick it up, the other waitress, the one I've been trying to mack on, she turns and looks at me. She says, he likes the pineapple ones. And I'm like, oh, shit, look at that. So now I think, okay, I, I, I think this, this deal is going to happen, right? So this little boy who's been following me the whole time, he's been translating for me as well because there's people who just do not speak English. Like your wingman at this point. Oh, he totally is. This kid was totally my wingman. So fast forward, I'm, I'm talking to the girl and I said, hey, listen, you know, I saw you from around the way. Um, I'd like to take you out to dinner. You know, it doesn't have to be tonight. I'm here for a week. How about you come, right? Now, right. Let, let me preface this. I am staying at the presidential suite for 400 bucks a week. Everything is dirt cheap in India. It was so awesome. <laughs> I, I, like marble floors, you know, complete 360 degree view. There's a restaurant on the roof. Um, because we were esteemed guests, everybody in the family was losing their minds thinking, oh shit, um, somebody from work is coming. So they got me a driver. His name was Kumar. So I'm making all these White Castle jokes. He's not getting any of them. <laughs> <laughs> they gave me a bodyguard who could not have been more than five and a half feet tall and maybe a hundred pounds soaking wet. But I was like, okay, you just point out where bad guys are. Cause I'm six one and at the time I'm about 265. Damn. So, and then they gave us a, a tour guide, right? And these guys are super nice. They're, they're really rolling out the red carpet for me. So I'm talking to the girl. I'm like, hey, why don't you come on over? You know, I'll send my driver. You know, we'll go up to the to the restaurant. No no uh, thing that we need to do. I'm no, no pressure. You know, if you want to go, great. If you don't want to go, no harm, no foul. And she says, I, I can't go out with you. And I go, okay, no problem. You got a boyfriend, whatever. She says, no, I, I would absolutely love to go out with you. She says, but you're, you, you basically outrank me. I forget the exact phrase that she did. And I went, what do you mean? And then she told me about the whole caste system. And I went, oh, oh, no, I don't believe in any of that. I says, I believe in, I find you attractive. You find me attractive. We go, you know, have a good time. And then maybe, you know, if you're having a little bit of fun, we go bang, you know? She goes, I, I, I'd love to, but I can't. That's no problem. crazy. It gets better. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's, wait, you know what's crazy? Sorry to yeah. cut you off. No, no, no worries. So far with this story, I had, I got, I had, I got a little too drunk the, the other night. Right. And I had this exact experience to a T, but instead of India, it was just my college campus. And instead of the, the wedding, right. it was just a 7-Eleven. And instead of the girl, it was actually just the cashier's daughter. That's all right. You know, shoot your shot, brother. Shoot your shot. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, little boy who's following me around, he goes, I think, I think she's going to call it. And I'm like, dude, she's not calling. It's just too, it's too ingrained in her. No, no, no. You don't understand. I'm like, no, dude, I'm telling you, man, I've been around women a lot longer than you have. I've been in the game man. it's, it's not happening. He goes, okay. I says, well, what about you, brother? You know, you got a girl he likes. And he says, yeah. And he points at this girl. Now, literally there are a thousand people at this fucking place. Right. 
right. people everywhere. And he points this girl out. And I go, oh, yeah. Hey, tell you what. You want me to help you out? And he goes, you do that? Absolutely, dude. Because he's kind of shy. So I start telling my stories and, you know, all that. And I'm really animated. And all of a sudden, kids start coming around, right? And pretty soon, you know, I got a couple of kids around. She shows up. And I go, and then I start going around the room. And I go, hey, you know, do you have somebody you like? No, you know, da, da, da. you have somebody you like? No, no, no. I says, then I get to the girl he likes. I go, you got anybody that you like? She goes, no, not really. And I, and I grab the guy, for the boy from the side. And I go, what about my brother here? And he froze. He's like, oh, my God. <laughs> and, and I'm just like, shut up. <laughs> So he goes, she goes, I don't know. He's in my class. He seems pretty nice. I go, you know what? My, he's been helping me out. He's a super nice kid. Tell you what, why don't you guys go out? You know, my treat, you know, everybody have a good time. So she goes, okay. And so I says, tell you what, can you give me some of those little watermelon things? And she says, sure. So she runs off and he looks at me. He's like, what do I do? And I'm like, just talk to her like a normal person, man. You know, just trust me, man. I've been here before. Just talk to her. Tell her all the stupid stories I've been telling you, right? Oh, this crazy white guy from America came over. He's been really cool. Blah, blah, blah. So <clears throat> excuse me so he says okay great we're gonna go ahead and he goes off and starts talking to her right so probably about 20 30 minutes later i see him by himself and i go hey man how's it going he says oh it's great he says we're gonna meet up for ice cream and i'm like yeah good for you buddy you know now i have three thousand rupees in my pocket which is about at the time about 50 60 bucks right right and so i'm like you know this kid's been super awesome there's a big big amount of very poor people there right it in america you know how it kind of goes very poor and then it slowly gradually goes up to super rich this is like you know bmw dealership right next to a grass hut like there's no no you know in between polarized oh totally so I was like, you know what? Let me, let me help this kid out. Right. So I pull out this wad of cash. I says, man, you've been a super cool kid here. Let me help you out. I'll give you a couple of bucks. Go take your little girlfriend out. Right. And he freaked on me. He goes, no, 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 no. I, I, can't, I can't take your money. And he's like looking around all nervous. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I go, oh, it must be a poor thing. He thinks I'm giving away the entire, you know, the entire amount of money I have to my name. And I go, oh man, don't sweat it, man. Here you go. Here, you can just have it. He goes, no, 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 no. And I go, dude, don't sweat it, man. You know, I got tons of money and I pull out this wad of cash. Uh, and he goes, no, 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 no. And he runs off and I'm like, what the fuck was that, right? So I think nothing of it. And then I see his mom and I'm like, hey, you know, how you doing? She's like, oh, pretty good, pretty good. And then I, uh, you know, I'm kind of mingling with everybody. And then there's an intermission. This wedding is literally nine hours long. <laughs> Oh, it's the fucking worst, right? So just in terms of length, it was actually pretty fun. So yeah. the uh, so we're talking and they, we have an intermission, right? So a buddy of mine says, hey, let's go back to the hotel, change the clothes because we're all pouring sweat. It's hot as fuck there. Yeah, sure, no problem. So it's me, my buddy, and Kumar. We're in the, in the, uh, in the little van. And I tell the story. Hey, try to give him a couple of bucks, blah, blah, blah. And he wasn't having it. And my buddy goes, oh, my God, dude, you fucked up so bad. I'm like, what? What the fuck did I do, right? He says, I don't know, rich, white, American man offering money to a small, foreign little boy. What do you think that looks like? I'm like, oh, oh, what, no. Do you think you're going to bang him or something? Yeah. I'm like, do I, do I look like I fucking, I'm trying to, you know, bang this kid, right? <laughs> I'm like, fuck. So I'm like, well, you know, I've gotten out of worse situations, right? So I look at Kumar. I'm like, Kumar, what do you think? And he says, I think you have problem. God damn it. All right. Well, I'll talk to the dad because I knew, you know, talk to dad before mom, right? And all that cast system bullshit. 
So I go to the kid, I find him afterwards. I go, Hey, Hey, uh, I need to talk to your dad. And he goes, Oh, dad's not here. He says, dad had to work. I'm like, okay, cool. I need to talk to your mom. Where's she? He goes, Oh, she's off doing some mom stuff, you know? And I go, cool. I need to talk to her. Go get her. And he goes, well, I'll get her later. I'm like, get her now. So he runs off, grabs her. She comes back and I go, ma'am, terribly sorry. This must've been, you know, a, uh, uh, kind of a misunderstanding. You know, I, I was trying to help the boy out and she goes, Oh no, I, we know you were trying to be nice. And I go, oh, okay, well, you know, just it, it looks kind of weird, you know. You got, you know, shady people types. She says, no, no, no. We all know that you're, you're, uh, you were trying to help him out for, uh, you know, you're trying to um, pick up on that girl. And I'm sitting there thinking, how the fuck do you know that, right? And I go, what do you mean? She says, oh, honey, you know, everybody knows you're trying to pick up on that girl. I'm like, okay, am I being that obvious about it? She goes, yeah, yeah, you are. I'm like, oh God, I'm, I'm thinking I embarrassed myself. She says, no, 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 no. She says you have had all these other girls staring at you the entire time trying to make googly eyes with you but you were ignoring them trying to talk to this girl that's why everybody notices and i'm like oh i, I didn't know she says take a look around take a look around behind me and i scan the audience and i kid you not at least seven women are like looking at me doing their hair smiling waving all that kind of shit and i'm like oh like <laughs> i was completely oblivious to this shit you blew it. I totally blew it. Totally fucking blew it. I, I didn't get an ounce of pussy in India. But so you, you you went home with a, from a dry trip, even oh, after totally. all that. Oh, well, well. And you didn't even get to you're... bang the kid? I didn't even get to bang the kid. <laughs> <laughs> but where it's funny is, oops, sorry. And where it's funny is that, um, so... I, I talk, tell the mom, I'm like, listen, you, you raised a good boy. He's a nice kid. He was helping me out, you know? And she says, I understand. She says, but you have to understand this. She says, you offered him basically what his father makes in a month. And I'm like, oh, oh my God. I didn't know it was that bad without lack of a better term. Mm. She goes, yeah, yeah. And I says, well, you know, he, you know, I wanted him to kind of show him a good time. And, you know, it, it really, this is not a lot of money to me. It sounds, you know, elitist. I'm not trying to sound that way, but I'm more than happy to share my money with you. And so she goes, that's very kind of you. And I says, well, I got 3000 rupees here. You know what? Here, you can have it all. You know, whatever you do with it is, is on me. You know, if you want to catch up on bills, if you want to, you know, take the boy out, this is, you can have it. And she says, well, we appreciate it, right? Mm -hmm. So fast forward, see the boy again. And uh, he says, um, the, I forget, basically like the tribal elder guy. He says he wants to meet you. I'm like, okay, cool. Come up with the guy. He's in this long white flowy robe. He's got one tooth in his head and he's not even taking care of that one. <laughs> you would think he would baby it a little bit, but no, not this guy. <laughs> what's, so, at that point? what's that? I said, what's the, what's even the point at that point when you got oh, one left? Totally. So he's coming up and he basically through, through translation, he says, you know, you really impressed me as an American. And I went, Oh, how come? He says, normally Americans are so afraid of offending people that they come, they fold their arms, they don't talk to anybody, they don't do anything. And he says, and you just kind of clam up and they're so afraid. And he says, not you. He says, you're laughing and enjoying it and having a grand old time and, you know, doing all these other things. He says, you're, you're, you're engaging. He says, yeah, you've kind of stepped in it a little bit, but it was all in fun. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, cool. And so the boy is translating a quick conversation with me and I go, hey, um, uh, ask him, when do I get my AK-47 and we go kick the fuck out of the Pakistanis over Kashmir? <laughs> and the kid's eyes got really big. He goes, there is no way I am telling him that. And I go, come on, it'll be funny. <laughs> and the kid is afraid, like, like almost going to pee himself afraid. Like, no, I am not telling him that. 
And I go, come on, man, you know, it'd be funny. You know, if anything, just tell him that I told you to say it and, you know, I'm a bad guy. And he goes, okay. And he translates and the guy sits there for half a second and then he just starts laughing he, and he starts talking a mile a minute. And I'm like, what am I missing? What am I missing? He says, you've impressed him even more because one, you, you decided to just kind of have some fun with it. He says, two, you know about Kashmir and how India and Pakistan have been fighting over Kashmir since basically forever. He says, and you're on our side. So you're like, hey, let's go kick the fuck out of the Pakistanis, right? Yeah. So <laughs> right Dude, they back, hate each other. Oh, they back. totally do. Totally. And you have to understand, this is 2009. This is two years before we found bin Laden in Pakistan. So there's all that shit going on, right? That's the worst part about being like Pakistani over here is that oh, like yeah. not only do people call you uh, like all Indian here, they all call you Indian, but you actually oh, yeah. fucking hate Indians. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, that was, that was my favorite thing. I, I get these, uh, um, I, I, got, I get scammer calls every now and then. And uh, I'll ask him, I'm like, so where are you from? And they, if they say Pakistan or India, I'll flip it and I'll go, so you're Pakistani, right? And he goes, no, I'm Indian. I'm like, are you sure? You sound Pakistani to me. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so evening is wrapping up, having a grand old time. And when you get up to the bride and groom, um, you stand in line and then you put your finger in this little powder shit and you put a little dot on their forehead. It's some good luck thing. I don't know exactly what. So I go up and I put the, my finger in the dot and I go, so what do I do here, right? And she says, oh, you, you put it on here and you put the little dot. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I, I grab the, uh, the bride's hand and I go, thank you very much for inviting me. It's been so much fun here. You, you know, I'm, I'm really honored to be here and you know, I wish you nothing but happiness. And she turns and looks at him and she says, you said he was an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he was prepared for the worst. Oh, he's he was doing damage control before he even got out there. Oh, totally. And he's petrified because now I know. So I get, I put my little finger in the dot and I go, so do I put it on you or him? She says, we can put it on him. And I go, okay, cool. So I smile and he's like, God damn it. What the fuck are you going to do? And I put a little happy face on his forehead (laughs) and the photographer comes by and snaps a picture and he goes, no, 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 let me see that. Let me see that. And the photographer pulls a camera around and he sees, he goes, erase that. And the father of the groom comes over. He says, no, let me see that. And he looks at it for a second and he smiles and he says, no, we're keeping that photo. And, he, and the, they started arguing. He's like, dad, this is embarrassing. It's my wedding. He goes, I'm paying for this. I'm keeping that fucking picture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was awesome. But yeah, no, I didn't get no pussy until I hit the brothel over in uh, Frankfurt, Germany. <laughs> <laughs> what else is Germany good for? Oh. Uh, oh, I will tell you what Italy is good for. Italy is good for uh, fooling you into thinking that, uh, gasolino means gas when you put it in a hundred fifty thousand dollar uh audi r8 what it what is it <laughs> it's i think it's like benzonite something like that <laughs> yeah so we're, we're driving along we're in an audi r8 right this thing is hugging the road this is a dream machine because i was like you know i i have no i have no responsibilities i got tons of money so we're like let's rent a sports car fuck yeah we're doing it and we're in a nine lane freeway. I'm on the far left lane, hugging the road, doing about 90, having a grand old time, gas light pops, no big deal. Buddy in the car says, oh, hey man, uh, gas uh, is right over here. So I'm like, cool, whip the wheel. He's like, oh shit, <laughs> nine lanes of traffic. Zoom in, stuff the brakes. I'm like, hey man, I'm gonna go ahead and go ahead and get some snacks, you fill it up. He's like, all right, cool. So there's a lot of names there that look like english words right at the airport it said aeroporto right so we're like all right yeah. cool aeroporto right so we get and he fills up get back on the road and literally like two three miles on the road the car just loses all power 
And I'm like, Phew. I'm like, what the fuck? What, what, what's going on here? <laughs> Pull off to the side of the road. And uh, I'm like, what the fuck? And so we're, he's like, it said gasolino, it said gasolino. I don't know what the fuck this means. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it says gasolino means gas, right? And so we're going back and forth. And he goes, wait, 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 wait. We assume that means gasoline. <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit. And, he, and sure enough, he gets on his Google Translate and it comes up and says, it means diesel. I'm like, yeah, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> How much so, that, how much did that run you? That was two thousand euros. Jesus. Oh yeah. It was hilarious. But yeah. Now uh when we when we uh got out of that little mess, um he was the one that was like, Hey, we should go hit a brothel. And I'm like, I've never hit a brothel before. And uh and I'm, of course I'm babbling on, but um we uh he goes, I picked out a brothel, it's gonna be great. He says, you know, you go in, you pick a girl, you know, you go upstairs, you do whatever you want to do, blah 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 cool i've never been to a brothel um before or since i've never been to a brothel but i have been to an arby's parking lot in a bad neighborhood all right all right oh, same and, thing, and same they, thing. They, they operate on pretty similar rules totally totally <laughs> <laughs> so this place is called the fkk club long german name and mm. it looks like a roman um like a Roman Coliseum kind of thing, right? You pay 65 euros to get in, right? Which is like 80 bucks. That's just the cover charge. Mm -hmm. They give you a bathrobe and some slippers. They say, go downstairs, put all your valuables in there, come up. There's a small little locker where you keep your cash and you get a key for that. Cool. And I'm waiting for girls to line up. There's no girls to line up. It's just this gigantic club scene and they've got porn and soccer playing on, uh, on TVs. And there's just, there's naked women everywhere. And I'm like, this is the fucking, you know, this place is wonderful, right? Now it's paradise. Oh, it totally is. Well, um, let me preface this. When we called a cab to come get us, a stretched Mercedes limo showed up and we said, Oh my God, there's been some mistake. We just wanted a cab. And he says, We didn't have any in stock. You know, this is what we got. Same price, don't worry about it. And it's a Muslim dude, right? Skull cab the whole nine. And we're telling about the brothel. You know, and he goes, no, no, no. He says, let me let me take you to a place that I. He says, you're gonna spend a little bit more money, but you get a better experience. I'm like, all right, cool. So we're driving. This motherfucker's doing a hundred miles an hour down the fucking autobahn, just flying. Great time, anyway. So we get there, and this Polish woman, tall, statuesque, blonde, goes, "Hey, baby, suck your dick." And I'm like, "Oh my god, yes!" But Jesus Christ, shut up. <laughs> just the worst fucking <laughs> voice. So she starts giving me a bareback blowjob, and I'm like, "What the fuck? Whoa, 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 whoa!" Right. And, but I'm like, all right. So I'm like, hey, hey, slow down, slow down. You're about to get a mouthful of thank you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so she throws a condom on me, um, finishes me off, blow, blow job, takes a condom off, takes a paper towel and just starts cleaning up my dick. And I'm like, well, what the, what the fuck? I never had a woman do that, right? So I'm like, all right, cool. Thank you. Appreciate it, right? So I go out. Now, at this place, they give you free pasta and free alcohol, right? Because they want you just go oh now, yeah oh this this place is fucking beautiful dude you you would totally love it so it's 50 euros every half hour whatever the fuck you want right girl comes up to you hey you want a party great you go in this little side room and there's just dozens of them you go in this little side room and there's mirrors everywhere so you can see her and all that kind of shit and great great time as soon as you're done you you come out you can you you basically sit there and drink all night if you want but free drinks free booze and I'm sitting there with a with a thing of pasta and a beer, and I'm watching soccer. I don't like <laughs> soccer. I, I like full contact football, you know, UFC. I like contact sports, right? Yeah. And I'm watching this, and this woman just drained my balls. And 
it's they have like this gigantic hot tub in the middle of the room right and then you gotta think this is 10 20 000 square feet it's a gigantic place and i'm sitting there and go it's just feeling relaxed right just the, right. there's no stress in me watching soccer having a beer having some pasta and i'm thinking you know i could get into soccer if it's like this <laughs> <laughs> is it always like this oh no yeah exactly so this spanish girl comes up from spain right Right. He has long, straight black hair, perfectly tan body, not an ounce of body fat on her. And she goes, hi. And I'm like, hey, how's it going? And she goes, you want to you wanna go have some fun? And I says, you know, ma'am, I, I would love, love to have some fun with you. But literally, I just came 15 minutes ago. I need a, ref- <laughs> I need a little bit of a refractory period, right? And she goes, well, I'm going to beat this girl, says, you know, when you have a broken sink, you call in a professional. When you want your cock taken care of, you call me. I'm a professional. And she so ran her hand up my thigh and my dick went, where are we going, boss? And I'm like, whoa, this is like fucking <laughs> high school. This is great, right? <laughs> this woman was hot. Like, I am telling you, hotter than any movie star you have ever seen. I mean, we're talking like Gal Gadot, you know, Scarlett Johansson, all these women pale in comparison to this woman. So we go into the hot tub, she gets on my lap and she's grinding her pussy up against my thigh and my dick is just rock solid. I'm like, holy fucking shit, right? So she's, right. she's like, let's go in the, in the room. Hell yes, yes ma'am, let's go. We go in there, climb on top, have a great time. And she's got her hands on my shoulders while we're fucking. And she takes her hands and she pushes on my shoulders a little bit. She's trying to get me to eat her pussy. And I'm like, there is no fucking way I'm doing that. Absolutely not. No. So finish up i'm like oh that was fucking wonderful the whole night so finish up and i decide i'm gonna go sit in the hot tub right this hot tub is easily as big around as somebody's house right huge mm-hmm. and i'm sitting by myself having a great time and this dude um who was in the army because there's an army base uh i think there's an army base in frankfurt comes in he's sitting there he's like hey how's it going blah blah, blah. we're bullshitting for a little bit and then this uh third girl comes up and she's like hey you want to have some fun i'm like you know, maybe I'm kind of tired. And my dick was like, let's go boss. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Jesus Christ. Hell yeah. Let's go. And there's no ecstasy involved in this story. No, that was the best part. There's no drugs. Like my dick was just like, we are never <laughs> going to have this chance again. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> Can you imagine if you were to take the water from that hot tub and put it under a microscope, oh, what you oh. might see? I, yeah, that's why, that's why when COVID hit, I'm like, I sat in a fucking brothels hot tub. I don't think I'm worrying about COVID. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're definitely immune at that point. I mean, Oh, it was fucking great. <laughs> one, right. And this is over the course of like two hours. And yeah. You ever see somebody and they haven't said anything wrong to you. Haven't done anything wrong to you the whole nine, but just something about him. You just look at me like, I fucking hate that guy. You just <laughs> about him. Oh, trust me. Guy, I know that. Right? So the first girl gave me a bareback blowjob. I came, had a great time. The second girl gave me a bareback blowjob as well. And I'm like, wait a minute, there's got to be some microscopic little swimmers down there. You know, you had to have had at least one or two of my swimmers in your mouth, mm-hmm. lady. But, you know, I'm like, yeah, whatever, you know. So there was a guy there. And he was one of those guys that was like stunningly good looking. Like as a, as a heterosexual guy, you can look at him and like, all right, that's a good looking dude, right? But he was oh. like a really good looking dude. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing here, right? Go to a club. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to work at a club, dude. What the fuck are you doing, right? Mm-hmm. So something about him. And, and so I see my buddy because he went off. As soon as we, we went into the brothel, he went his own way. I see him. 
And I'm like, hey, man, how's it going? He goes, oh, pretty good. He says, I'm going to take these two girls. I'm like, good for you, buddy. And I said, you see that guy over there? He goes, yeah, I fucking hate that guy. I'm like, yeah, me too. I don't know why. And he goes, <laughs> so anyways, I, I tell him the whole, hey, bareback will job with this girl and bareback will job with that girl. And he's like, yeah, I thought the same thing. It's fucking weird. And he says, and as we're saying that, the guy walks up to the girl, that gave, the second girl that gave me the bareback blowjob, and he starts French kissing her. We're like, oh my God, that's oh. <laughs> And then, And then I go, hey, 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 let's go ask him how many cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So we leave, right? Probably one of the best sexual experiences of my entire life. I mean, hands down. I, I spent probably... I think I spent around 230 euros. So we're talking about like 300 bucks, right? Worth every oh, penny. Worth every penny. So I talked to the guy, the, the, the driver, the Muslim, right? And I go, wait, 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 wait. You mean to tell me your cab driver was a Muslim? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was the best part. <laughs> he was a fucking Muslim, right? So yeah, of he, he comes and he picks us up, right? And yeah. he goes, hey, so how was it? Was I right? And I'm like, oh my God, you were so fucking right, dude. You were so fucking right. <laughs> And as we're driving back, I go, hey, I got a question. I says, how's the dating scene here? And he goes, what do you mean? And I says, well, let's think about this here for a minute, right? I says, if you're a woman, let's just, you know, I'll, I'm going to be a bit, of a bit of a prick here, all right? If you're a woman, right, you're off, you're bringing something to the table, right? You're bringing mm-hmm. something to the table that, you know, hey, listen, I'm a nice person. I'm this, I'm that, and I got some pussy for you, right? So you better be bringing your fucking A game. You can't be like nagging a dude to death and, you know, all that shit. I says, we got a lot of entitled princess bullshit in America. I said, but if I know for a fact, I can go down the road in a 10-minute trip and fuck the hottest women on the planet. You would think that women wouldn't have that attitude. He says, <laughs> yeah. He says, his first date, you know, fucking a dude, he says, it happens all the time. He says, there is no shame in any of that. He says, that princess attitude does not happen here. And I go, well, then why would you not just have like, you know, some money set aside, you know, for, for brothels, you know, he says, yeah, I have a budget. <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, you got to figure if you're driving a cab, I mean, like how much money can you justify towards a brothel? Oh, totally. I mean, whatever, whatever he could shell out is probably not for the top tier. Oh yeah. It was hilarious too, because as we're talking and I go, Hey, wait, aren't you a Muslim? Are you not supposed to be able to do that? He goes, well, I'm not really practicing kind of thing. I'm like, okay, now I get it. Right on. You're Muslim for your friends and family. You're not a Muslim, you know, when you go to the brothel, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was probably one of the best trips I've ever had. Like, I don't know what it costs now, but I would bet you that you could fly there, hit the brothel, have as many women as you want over the course of a weekend for probably around twelve to eighteen hundred bucks. Damn. Yeah. I gotta get out to Germany. Oh, and dude, whenever I hear about German like porn and German sex, I always hear about that there's just like shit involved. Exactly. Did, did, did it smell weird in there? Was there no was there a stench? That was the best part. I walked in there. <laughs> the only smell I smelled was chlorine just because of the uh uh of the, the little hot tub thing. Yeah. they're probably spraying that shit on the walls too oh yeah <laughs> I, I imagine that that place looks like a fucking crime scene <laughs> imagine that during the daytime oh. <laughs> like 6 a.m oh, that'd be the worst because <laughs> that was that was one thing that i was thinking too was you know at the time i was single like it was literally like and this was like the last like we were leaving that sunday and this was like friday night or something like that and i was sitting there thinking you know if i had a job here I don't know if I'd have a girlfriend. I think, oh. I, just, I think I would just like hit the brothel, be like, hey, I'm going to go, you know, hit this girl, hit that girl. And he even told me, he says, yeah, there's some people who literally will come in and go, hey, listen, I'm looking for, you know, this girl, that girl. And they, they just kind of have this casualness about it. And 
if she's there, he fucks her. And if she's not, then he just goes on to the next girl. And I'm like, oh, I'm living in the wrong country. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you go to Vegas, they got a similar situation. Oh, yeah. That was the other thing. So in Vegas, because I you ever watch that uh, show Cat House? That was on HBO? No. Okay. So there's a show that was on HBO a long time ago called Cat House. And it followed around hookers at in Vegas, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it was at the Bunny Ranch. And they would talk about, you know, hey, listen, you know, <clears throat> come on up, you know, have a trade good time, blah, blah. But that one was a way different experience. Like it was literally you walk in, the girls line up, you pick a girl, you go in the back and then you would say, okay, I want to do this, this, and this. And the girl would be like, all right, cool. It's going to cost you X, right? Mm-hmm. And in that, you saw one guy who says, listen, I want to fuck you in the ass. I want to do this, this, and this. And the girl would be like, cool, 15 grand. And he paid it. And I'm sitting there going, 15 grand? Jesus fucking Christ. I got everything for like 1,200. <laughs> And it was a way better experience. Like it was a casual, almost like a, um, like a, like a mingling kind of thing. Like, ah, you know, uh, how you doing? You know, oh yeah, you're pretty good. And the girl would be, be super cool about it. She'd be like, you know, yeah, you're my guy, you know, let's go have some fun, you know, whatever. Or, you know, you'd approach a girl and she, you could just kind of tell she wasn't into it. Like I've been to swinger parties in, you know, in my uh, younger days, swinger parties ain't what you would think. What, how do, how do those go? So, I got introduced to him by a guy we'll call T because he's got a very unique name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and he, I was on adultfriendfinder.com for a little while and uh, think of it kind of like a pre tender thing. And yeah. he hit me up and said, Hey man, uh, you know, I do these swingers parties, you know, I'm always looking for dudes. And I'm like, I don't swing that way, dude. And he goes, no, 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 no. He says, he says, I always feel like the lady has to, you know, have a good time when she comes. He says, and you'd be amazed much more women come to these things than men. And I'm like, really he's yeah he says guys they talk a good game they'll be like yeah i'll be there i'll fuck every woman you got blah blah blah. i'm a fucking man and then the, the time comes and like six women show up and one dude shows up and he says and then i feel like i gotta you know gotta take care of the ladies he says i'm exhausted sometimes you know i see a girl who came she was being a good sport about it she's like listen i want to catch a bunch of dicks and i'm like oh, all right well i'll fuck you you know and um yeah, I mean, I, I've been to swingers parties and a lot of times they're really fucking fun. But um, the the ones that are, uh, they're not what you would think. You're not going to get like, you know, the 25-year-old girl right out of college who wants to, you know, bang a bunch of dudes. You're going to get a 45-year-old woman who is who's like fresh a divorce and like, I'm going to fuck <laughs> everybody, you know? Kind of <laughs> um, in fact, probably my funniest one, because um, I got introduced and I'm nervous as fuck. You know, I'm like, I don't know any of these people, you know, none of that stuff. And there is an amazing amount of guys who will bring their wives and just watch. And I'm like, that's so fucking foreign to me. You yeah. Know, I, I just don't get that. <laughs> it literally, like, whatever part of the brain or whatever chemical in the brain that is yeah. doing that for them just is not in my body. Exactly. <laughs> it I'm in, makes I'm, zero sense. I can totally literally, up. like, get more on a level of, like, flat earthers and that kind of it, thing. Or, like, big exactly. foot hunters. And that was the thing that, that kind of bugged me about it was there was one lady who she was there. And, you know, she's a bigger girl. Fine, whatever. And this other girl came in and says, hey, can I eat your pussy? Great. So she's eating her pussy. And the girl starts sucking my dick. I'm like, hey, this is a great old time, right? <laughs> and her husband is literally sitting 10 feet from us in, a, in an easy chair. And he's commentating like a goddamn corner man. He's like, that's right. You suck that dick. You suck that dick. That's right, whore. And I'm sitting there looking at him like, dude, shut the fuck up. What the fuck are you doing? And it's completely foreign to me. Completely foreign to me. But were you, were you following his instructions? 
Oh yeah, yeah. She was she was doing, you know, she was she was a good good sport. <laughs> <laughs> but the funniest part about that was um I was at, at that same party, there was this girl there and she was a photographer, right? And they had a rule. Hey, if you, you know, we will take pictures, but if you don't want us taking pictures of you, great, no harm, no foul. So she's there, she's taking pictures and I'm chatting her up, right? And I said, you want to go have some fun? She goes, no, really, I can't. You know, this really isn't my thing. You know, and I go, then why are you here? Mm -hmm. Now, to be fair, I'm really good at talking a woman in the bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) So I go, then why are you here? She says, well... My boyfriend wanted to kind of explore this part and, um, you know, he's really, you know, he, he's, just, I don't know, he's at another party right now. I'm like, wait, 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 your boyfriend is at a different party? She goes, yeah, it, it, it doesn't feel right. And I go, well, that's not very nice. So it says, you know, if it's not your thing, well, why don't you say so? She goes, I don't know. It's, it's, he told me, you know, go ahead and explore myself and, you know, blah, blah, But I think he knew that I wasn't really into it. So he could just go off and fuck other girls. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. So I'm chatting with her like a normal person, right? Yeah. And a bunch of guys come up and, hey, you want to have fun? She's like, no, thank you. And I'm sitting there, I'm standing there just drinking a vodka pepper, having a great time. And finally, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, finally, um, uh, one of the girls, one of the other girls comes up and she says, you're not going to join in? She goes, no, it's not really my thing. And uh, she goes, well, you got to do something, you know, have a little bit of fun, you know? And she says, you've been given permission. So the girl, uh, you know, she kind of smiles a little bit and I go, you want to go, uh, go in the other room and make out like teenagers, you know, back, back in high school. Right. Mm-hmm. And she kind of smiles. She goes, okay. And she's like in her mid thirties. Now I have found women in their thirties, especially if they're divorced, they're great because they have a lot of bullshit in their lives and they, they want to cut out a lot of bullshit. So they cut out a lot of the things of, well, you know, take me out to dinner, do this that, and the other, none of that shit. Right. Right. So they know what like, they want. Right. So we're making out, we're having a great time. Right. And the girl that encouraged her to come make out with me, we've been making out for a while, just kissing, you know, feeling her pussy out and outside of the pants, standard, like seventh grade bullshit. And the, um, the girl comes in like an hour or two later and she goes, so what have you guys done? She goes, Oh, nothing. We've just been kind of making out. Blah, blah. She's like, are you shitting me? This guy's been super nice to you the whole night and you haven't even sucked his dick. And, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, well, your friend has a point. <laughs> <coughs> So she says, all right, all right, I'll have some fun. Pulls my dick out and starts giving me a blowjob, right? She's pretty good at it. So her friend goes and gets her camera, starts taking a bunch of pictures. I think nothing of it. So we're still having a great time, playing with her pussy, blah, blah, blah. I finally come. So all of a sudden, like five minutes after we finish, her phone starts blowing up with texts. And she picks it up and she's like, what the fuck? Oh, oh, oh. Oh, and like this boyfriend. look, huh? Is it the boyfriend? Yeah, it's the boyfriend. <laughs> so the girl took a bunch of pictures and then sent them to her boyfriend. Hey, your girl's, you know, kind of coming out of her shell. Look at what she's doing, blah, 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 blah. And it pissed him off because he was wanting to fuck other girls and he knew that she wasn't going to do anything. She didn't, he didn't think that she was going to be able to get talked into it. And it didn't exactly <laughs> help that I had a bigger dick than him. So he's like, what the fuck are you doing? This is fucking bullshit, blah, blah, blah. And really, really honked him off. So she's like, um, I, I, I gotta go. I'm like, that's okay. You know, that's fine. So as they're leaving me being an asshole, I go, Hey, tell you what, here's my number. You go ahead and feel free to call me whenever you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, that wasn't going too far. 
No. In fact, uh, the the friend goes, she'll call you. And I'm like, she's not calling me. It's not going to happen. Yeah. God, I, I was just uh, getting, your, getting the last laugh right oh, there. Oh, totally. God, that must have been 10-ish years ago, 15 years ago, something like that. It's a long, long time ago. But uh, Nothing like getting an email from some dude or a oh. message on a dating site. Nothing like following that thread. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> and that's the thing is that I have found that in my dating world, and I'm not sure about with yours, confidence goes a long way long long way especially if you've got like a little rap you know that you can give to a girl you know like he's like hey listen you know i saw you from across the way thought you'd want to go out blah blah, blah. you don't necessarily have to have you know a, a witty opening line that she's never heard before or anything like that um find a place that works um depending on the girl like we have a place here called um called edgefield it's a former uh insane asylum uh hospital mm. kind of thing and they turn it into this giant campus of restaurants and hotel and all that kind of shit. And there's, and depending on the girl, they've got like a bar that's like a, you know, a dive bar. You can take a blue collar girl there. They've got like a hoity toity bar where you can take a, a higher class girl there. And they got like just a middle ground bar. So you say, Hey, let's go there, you know, this, that, and the other. And then the second date, I would typically invite them back to my house and I would make uh, a roni with uh, chick, uh, fried chicken, you would take a boneless skinless chicken breast, you chop it up, season it with some garlic and onion, chop it up, put it in the pastaroni, hide the pastaroni boxes, and then you <laughs> you basically pre- present it like you made it from scratch, right? It's yeah. it's, literally, it's literally like a five dollar meal, but it's really good. It ta- you know don't get something exotic, you know, but I mean you can absolutely um, you know go in there and say hey Liz, you know I, I I made this for us, you know let's see and nine times out of 10, they're going to dig it. And then, you know, usually third date by third date, you know, you're getting some pussy. I, maybe I'll have to use that. I mean, See? my normal method is, uh, you know, lucking into situations. I, I like to go mm-hmm. out with my friends. Um, mm-hmm. And then I, I let one of my friends or multiple, preferably all of them make mm-hmm. an ass of themselves. And then mm-hmm. I, say, I pick all up right. the scraps. So you're, so you're pulling up the rear. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the vulture. I'm, I'm the hyena. All right, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I look good in contrast. Oh, that's a, that's after I've had a few of those. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, so I, I guess you know, I mean, you're young, and especially you know, I, I think the best one is as long as you're as long as you're making sure the girl doesn't get pregnant. Everything else is just fucking details, you know. Oh yeah, dude. Uh, I'm lucky. The the one uh, the girl I'm with. Uh, yeah, or yeah. a girl that I've been with uh, has an, has an IUD, so I'm a Ooh, lucky there man. There I'm you a go. very lucky man. Have you scraped against it yet? <laughs> I have not. Oh. I have not. <laughs> if you if you get it just right, you can start scraping against it. So you got to be real careful about that. <laughs> I don't know if I have that kind of that kind of uh, machinery, that kind oh. of gear. Just kidding. Oh yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I had that happen to me one time, and you know we I had her standard but I, I pull a leg up to my shoulder and i just felt this weird rubbing and i'm like what the fuck is that and and so finally it's like you know we finish up and i'm like what the fuck pull my dick out it's all raw and shit i'm like what the fuck is that and she goes oh i think it's my id i'm really sorry blah, blah, blah. and then i talked to a few people and they're like yeah you can absolutely have that happen so i was like damn so i actually didn't know how they worked i thought i literally just had this explained to me i felt like such an smooth brained ass when i found this out <laughs> I, I so i thought the way that it worked was it was just something that was up there that would literally block the cum 
from oh, getting to wherever enough. it needed to go. Right. Right. <laughs> but I was just told that it gives off some kind of hormone chemical. I, I was recently informed. I, I looked like yeah. such ass. Yeah, I've, I've, I've been embarrassed myself like that a million times before, too. <laughs> um, in fact, I, uh, I used to date this girl. I'll call her Kathy because that's her name. And uh, <laughs> so when I was 17, and, and to be fair, when you're young and you're 17, any girl offering you pussy, you're like, yeah, you know. Yeah. So the girl, Kathy, we were, she was part of a group of friends and we all kind of dated each other, you know, standard high school bullshit. And we were, um, we, we were having sex on her kitchen floor and a cockroach ran just above her head on the floor. And I'm like, oh my God, that's fucking disgusting. Right? Because <laughs> her family was just, imagine every Jerry Springer type of episode, just fucking disgusting. And, but I'm like, hey, free pussy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so we're fucking, and I finish up and I pull out and I come all over her stomach, you know, cause you know, you're prepared for, you know, kids when you're, when you're 17. <laughs> and uh, I got this thing in my head. I'm like, if she goes pee, it'll just flush it out yeah, that's the ticket. And it's like, no, that, that doesn't fucking work. <laughs> right. Hey, tell you what, I got to pee real quick. Uh, tell us about your old lady while I uh, put you on uh, mute. All right. All right. I got you. Yeah. Um, so we were just talking about the, uh, the IED. Um, <laughs> I literally had no idea that she's, uh, I found myself to be very in a very, very lucky situation with that because I'm, I've always been kind of freaked out by a uh, pregnancy and anything like that. I'm the kind of guy who, who would uh, think it was okay to wear two condoms just to, just to be extra safe, which also I was recently told doesn't work that way. Um, it, it's, it's a godsend. Um, I didn't even trust the pill. I actually used to have an ex-girlfriend who the pill changed. Um, I think, or she claimed changed her emotionally and she ended up breaking up with me um as a result of that so that's always fun so i'm qualms with all different kinds of birth controls except for the ied so far definitely never had the dick scraping problem because i don't have a long enough pin for that um but yeah And I'm going to pretend that I saw all that or I heard all that <laughs> word. I just went on a, uh, a little rant about birth control. Mm, mm. <laughs> oh, wait, what was I going to say? Oh, so you were talking about, um, you said something about Jerry Springer and that reminded me, I actually right. was on an episode of Jerry Springer when I was oh. uh, in high school, <laughs> right. but like I, I was in like the crowd. Mm -hmm. Um, so we get so when you watch the show the whole time they have those like one eight hundred numbers like call this and to right. buy tickets and whatever or to win tickets so I call it and I'm thinking it's gonna be like a sweepstakes that I have to enter or I'm gonna have to be on hold or all these people are gonna be calling but it's right. Jerry fucking Springer not that many people are watching it's daytime no. TV so yeah. I call up and I immediately get an answer and they're like hey would you like free tickets and I was like yes they're like how many would you like <laughs> I was like uh two and they're like do you want four and I was like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i'll take four i was like can i actually have five and they're like yeah sure take five and yeah. they're like do you have any friends who want any <laughs> so i'm like fuck yeah and it's it's filmed in stanford 
Stanford, Connecticut, I think. Right. Um, Stanford. So that's like two, three hours away from where I'm at. Right. So of course I have to drive up there. And this is like a nine o'clock thing. So I drive up there and um, we get in and we're waiting in the lobby. And all the people who are waiting in the lobby with us look like people who would be on the show. Um, <laughs> like, and then there's like me and like my high school friends who are just like really innocent looking, just like basic white kids. Like, and so the producer of the show comes up to us is like, Hey, we're going to sit you guys right in these front five seats. Cause that's what the camera's on the whole time. And we like to keep a, uh, our audience looking at what they said was presentable. Mm-hmm. So uh, that happened to be, we happened to be the most presentable, which is hilarious because we weren't even that That'd presentable. A, and, uh, audience. <laughs> yeah. So whenever Jerry comes up into the audience and does his little monologue, we're like right behind him. And whenever they're filming clips of, of us ch- uh, chanting Jerry, it's always on us. Right. But at the end of a Jerry Springer episode, they go around and in order to determine who goes, who goes to do the little cutoff before the commercials, the, uh, uh hey, I'm Brian and you're watching Jerry Springer, that kind of thing. The way they determine that is they have the entire cast line up and they're filming this. This is like at the end of every episode and you, you have to like, wrote like you get to raise your hand and jerry will pick out random people and you just have to roast or make a comment or ask a question for someone right. who's part of the episode that you just watched right so one of the people that was on was like a seven foot transgender woman like <laughs> it, this is this is like 2015 2016 it's like it, it is a massive massive woman in heels with the wig on uh-huh. like just huge just very very masculine massive muscles could beat my ass and she <laughs> she's in an argument with her uh her girlfriend at the time who was like this tiny little like five foot woman and and she's talking about like her abusive relationship and all this stuff so i go and i raise my hand to do the roast and again this is back then i wouldn't have said this now but this is back back in the day i'm in high school i raise my hand and i'm like hey i got a question for the gorilla in the blue dress um you said you're in an abusive relationship who beat up who and then the crowd just goes nuts so then i ended up being the guy who is like you know doing a little cut off but it, it, it was just such a good time it's actually hilarious the, the entire time their producer is like like treating you guys like the crowd like we're like like a group of toddlers like he gives you a sign that tells you like when to laugh and when right. to stand up and when to sit down it's it's actually such a great experience and the entire time we're there they're trying to give us tickets to stay for a maury screening and a steve wilco street screen oh, yeah which is like the full day because they just got free tickets for everything because sure. they're just trying to fill those those places up you'd think that people would want them it's not the case because they got to oh. film every day yeah i always wondered about that because it sounds like uh, the way harvey's did it and you know a lot of other comedy clubs do it too where they just go listen we just need asses and seats that's all we need just asses and seats and harvey's was was the worst because they would call us and they were like listen you can have up to 16 tickets and i'm sitting there going i've got four friends (laughs) i I don't have the need for that (laughs) i don't uh, want them (laughs) oh yeah and but they would hand it out because they knew that their food was wildly overpriced and the comic they weren't named comics they were just you know like a mid-grade guy who maybe would tour you know the pacific northwest or some shit like Mm -hmm. that so they knew they couldn't pay they, they wouldn't have to pay them that much so it, it was just one of those things like, yeah, you want free tickets? Yeah, you want more? And it's like, fuck, all right, great. You know? <laughs> and with Harvey's, I was literally going every weekend for about a year. 
it was just, all right, well, you know, me and my wife at the time, we were, you know, we were rolling in money. We had no kids. We had no expenses. So it was like, all right, let's go out again. Let's go out again. Let's go out again. Right. So, yeah. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm out here paying, paying to do stand up. Yeah. (laughs) That's got to be so fucking just just deflating. Nah, because it's, it's fun. So like, it's, it's like paying to go to a bar. You have a good time. It's paying to do karaoke night, but you know. So now are you wanting this to like be a career or is this more of like a hobby? I would like it to be a career, Uh, but I got to get startup funds to begin with. Right. (laughs) So what do you, what do you, what's your goal there on the startup? Uh, What what was that? What's your goal there for like startup funds? Just like enough to like pay off my rent for like, you know, the, next year not next mm-hmm. year next couple months get to the end of my cycle right couple, a couple grand and then i can like you know maybe move to a smaller place where i can travel like mm-hmm. go a bunch of places so like it would be you know just like a couple grand that kind of thing but it, it's tough to work and do all this stuff at the same time sure sure but you know it's fun so like i, I can't complain yeah i'm uh you know i I've always been told I was funny by my friends, but I, I knew the difference between being funny with your friends and funny on stage. Cause I know absolutely that I would just completely bomb on stage. Um, but yeah, I've always, I've always loved stand-up comedy just as a whole. And then seeing somebody kind of get their start and just have COVID completely wreck everything is, is totally understandable. Um, give you an idea with my company. So I am an IT manager by trade. I deal with like, you know, your phone talks to a server, which talks, you know, which is managed by, you know, a network admin or a system admin who mm-hmm. reports to the supervisor who reports to me. Right? right. And I've built really, really high end, you know, infrastructures. Right. Right. So, um, so we had decided to move the company. Uh, we had two offices. We were going to move them into one. We spend $60,000 a month on our rent on our, on our lease. Right we do what's known as a TI, which is a tenant improvement, meaning we're going to move in, we're taking the whole floor and we're gutting it. We're putting in brand new, you know, conference rooms, brand new, you know, cubes, brand new offices, brand new everything. We spent a million and a half dollars. God damn. Yeah. The conference rooms looks like something that Apple would put out. There's glass everywhere. There's gigantic TVs, wireless everywhere, the whole nine. And literally we were in it for two fucking weeks. And then the governor of Oregon was like, shut it down. Everybody's going home because of COVID. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I'm on my second job since like the pandemic started. Like, and I'm like, and I'm barely getting shifts for that. So Mm -hmm. like, it's crazy how much it's affected everyone. Um, Yeah. Not just in like the comedy end, but just like everything. Well, the thing for me that bugged me about everything was, you know, politics aside, Trump was at least calling China out because people forget China was arresting doctors. They were silencing people who were trying to warn us. There were Chinese doctors. In fact, there was one very famous one. He got on, made a the whistleblower, right? What's that? Are you talking about the guy who was like the whistleblower and ended up like right. dead or something? Yeah, he got COVID. Well, that's what they say he got. But yeah, yeah they, he tried to warn us and China was like, no, no, everything's cool. Everything's fine. And I'm sitting there going, wait, wait a fucking minute. You know, these guys basically, you know, I mean, obviously we have our end to get blamed for. But, you know, this guy trying to blame us or warn us. And then China was like, no, 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 everything's fine. And so nobody's kind of holding them accountable for it. So it really well, kind of rubbed me the wrong way, you know. What, what What's kind of shitty about that whole situation, because I'm not a Trump guy by any means, but, uh, the, uh, 
it, it they kind of like s- s- swept it under the rug with mm-hmm. the whole because he made that whole like uh kung flu joke or oh, like china yeah. virus and like they kind of just like swept it under the rug that it may have or it de- or it did start there just mm-hmm. under the guise that you know trump's racist or whatever right. which like yeah i get it the president should not be saying those things and i right. or whatever like i personally thought it was funny but like, yeah i thought it was funny too <laughs> but like but you know like i can get why people would say he shouldn't be saying those things yeah. but the the bigger the whole bigger matter at hand got completely swept under with that and mm-hmm. then not discussed at all after that mm-hmm. i mean people forget like how this whole thing started and i'm not even saying it definitely started in china but there was so much sketchy shit going on right Uh in the beginning it was crazy and like just like the stuff you're talking about and like yeah i I don't know it it all just got swept under the same you know trump bad kind of thing right and uh yeah 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 and that's another thing is like when when he said the kung flu first thing i thought was that's funny but um (laughs) it was everybody said you know, oh my God, it's racist, it's this, that, and the other. And I'm like, okay, there's a difference between, and, and this is, I'll get on my soapbox a little bit. There's a difference between racial and racist, right? For me, racial is you're talking about or joking about something that's race-based, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you make a black joke, a Mexican joke, whatever, right? Racist is there's malice behind it, right? So now instead of me just cracking a funny joke, um, now I'm saying like mean, like KKK level shit, right? Yeah. So I'll give you a perfect example. So when I was at my MMA classes, so uh, we had a fairly well-known MMA gym uh, and I was taking Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, advanced submission wrestling and kickboxing. And we had a guy who was very large black guy and he was um, uh, in my class. They, they let me teach a little bit here and there. And, you know, I clearly did not know as much as the regular teachers, but I learned enough and they're like, Hey, you know, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, sit this one out. You go do it. Right. So mm-hmm. there's this black guy and we were doing Superman's now Superman's is basically you're laying on your belly and you put your arms up at a 90 degree angle. So your, your palms are flat, but they're kind of next to your head. Kind of like you're holding your hands up, like you're surrendering. Right. Yeah. And, but you're on your belly. Right. And then what you do is you arch your back and you lift your arms and your legs as far as you can off of the floor. Right. Yeah, I used to do these at like lacrosse. Okay, perfect. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. So, those are tough after like oh, five. <laughs> absolutely. They're they're brutal. So he had trouble doing them, right? And he mm. would flop back down and then he, he was he would flop all the time, right? And so yeah. we were on these mats, right? Now these mats are blue, right? There's like mm-hmm. a like a deep blue. And so I made the comment, hey, 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 it's not water. You don't have to worry about swimming. <laughs> <laughs> we all laughed, no big deal. To me, something like that is a racial joke rather than a racist joke. And I'm next to Portland, Oregon, which is one of the most far left progressive cities, like even more than San Francisco. And oh my God, it's a different world over there. It absolutely is. Now, everybody laughed. He laughed. He thought it was fucking hilarious. Um, And so we were just, you know, flipping each other's shit and having a grand old time. But if I had told that same joke in Portland with a room full of strangers, I think they'd have been super pissed. Like, that's horribly racist. I can't believe that, blah, blah, blah. Um, in fact, I got him a double time because he says, oh, come on, man. You know, I know how to swim. And I go, who taught you how to do that? Your father? You know, you never met him. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah. I mean, like, the stereotype jokes don't mm-hmm. usually offend too many people until they're, until they're put in, like, an echo chamber. I mean, you could even get away. I mean, I don't know about Portland because that's really, mm-hmm. like, the that's the, the 
tip of the ship or whatever you want mm-hmm. to call it but but like out here i mean it's still pretty liberal in philadelphia but right but like you could say something like that just like a mm-hmm. stereotype joke or like mm-hmm. a racial joke and you'll get away with that mm-hmm. 99 i mean if someone's gonna get mad about it it's not even gonna be the affected party it's gonna be yeah. the, the karen in the back yeah. but so there's a person it, offended on somebody's behalf yeah exactly and yeah. i don't do i don't do anything to uh controversial not because i have a problem with it I, mm-hmm. i've always said a joke's a joke no matter what um but it's just like not necessarily my style i sure. guess but uh yeah you gotta find your own voice yeah exactly but um but that a lot of that slides where i guess it probably wouldn't in portland or san francisco it will slide in a comedy club it won't slide in the street oh in a comedy club um I have seen many, many times where somebody will say a racial racial joke and then you'll hear one or two groans and then everybody in the audience will turn on that person and be like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's amazing. I mean, the people who are going to the clubs, like at the end of the day, unless it's some weird hippie alt club, like mm-hmm. they, they know what they're getting into. Exactly. And everyone knows where the line is. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, I just hate when people go up and just try to be edgy for the sake of being edgy. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, you gotta be funny. Yeah, exactly. That, that that's basically what it is. All it is, is you have to be funny. No one cares mm-hmm. if you're funny. Yeah, and the I guys remember. who aren't funny are the ones who 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 will start saying like, "Oh, cancel culture this, cancel culture that." Like, yeah. it's usually the guys who just aren't funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you know, I've noticed that even uh, though it is a thing, it, it, it is a thing, it is a problem to an extent. But like sure. the guys who complain the most are usually the least funny. Yeah, I've kind of noticed that with their when you can tell a, com- a comedian is melting down, like you're, they they're bombing. They don't like that they're bombing. They're trying anything they can to lash out, and it just makes things worse. Like did you yeah. ever see? Um, uh, forget the guy's real name, but the guy who played Kramer on uh, Seinfeld, where he had a meltdown. Oh, oh, the Michael Richards meltdown. Yeah, Michael Richards. That's his name. That yeah. is unreal. Oh. And the craziest part about that video mm-hmm. is the amount of laughs he's getting. Yeah, he's getting some laughs. Yeah, <laughs> like no one knew that he was like, like I guess that's a different time, but uh, like <laughs> he was getting like, he was getting a good amount of laughs. He yeah. was kind of killing, honestly. There was yeah. like there was the only people who were mad were the people who could tell he was actually serious. Yeah, and then he tried to play it off as a joke after that, but yeah, you can't. Uh, that's not like that's not a joke. <laughs> I watched. You could, you could hear the anger. Oh yeah, well I watched the uh, the David Letterman um, uh, apology. Oh, that and was... then they're laughing. Yeah, oh, I was sad to watch because I'm sitting there. I'm like, you know, he doesn't want to be there. You know, he's got to eat shit and he can't do anything. He can't like, oh, you know what? That guy was being a dick. Fuck him, you know? <laughs> yeah, but the crowd at that Letterman thing, thing, thing like they thought it was a joke. Yeah. That was uh, that was it was hard to watch. Yeah, I remember it because I'm, I'm a huge Howard Stern fan. So I, I watch a mm-hmm. bunch of his old videos and just right. I, I remember watching like the video when uh of the broadcast when all that went down and it's just hilarious oh yeah yeah i i, I like watching somebody implode sometimes especially if the, the person kind of deserves it a little bit exactly yeah if it's somebody just um like uh, i remember paula dean um <laughs> i mean d- is there anyone on the planet who didn't think that she would drop a couple hard r's in her in her spare time no like, absolutely like, not. yeah 
I'm like, not condoning uh, it, but like the fact that people are acting like they didn't think she said that, like yeah, you can just look at the woman and know she said it at least oh, yeah. one time, at least a handful. Yeah, Tracy Morgan's got a good one though, um, where he's got a bit where he says, "I know she said that shit," and he says, "But you know what? Have you ever had her cooking? She can call me that all day." <laughs> get over here, yes, baby. <laughs> That's crazy. <clears throat> did you ever see the? Uh, did you ever see Tracy Morgan bought that two million dollar Bugatti? And then what? Like, like 15 minutes. Oh God. Okay. So you remember how he got hit by the Walmart truck? Yeah. Then they okay. like fuck him up or something. Oh yeah. Completely fucked him up. Right. So he got, supposedly he got about $50 million. Right. Because it killed some dude and like, it was wildly Walmart's fault the whole nine. Right. So he went and took some of that money and bought a Bugatti. Right. And these cars are $2 million. So he literally has it 15 minutes, <laughs> drove it out, and some woman in like a Honda CRV just clips him. And he gets out of the fucking car, slamming his hand on the window. Get the fuck out of the car, bitch. Rah! Like losing his fucking mind. And I'm dying laughing because I'm sitting there thinking, okay, you have a $2 million car that got hit by a woman in a $10,000 SUV. And I know damn good and well her insurance only goes up to like 300 grand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, yeah, well, he's so funny, though. Oh, he absolutely is. It's hilarious to watch too. But uh, yeah, I've had a. I've been to a named comedy show in so long, though. It's been at least. God, it's been at least a year and a half. But I mean, this year was supposed to be the year for us because we 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 will typically me and my cousin, will go to these comedy shows, and they'll be. Um, you know, bang, 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 bang. We'll hit like major comedy. Like we mm-hmm. had in one year, we hit Jim Norton, Jimmy Carr, Bill Burr, um, Joey Diaz. Um, fuck who else? We hit like three or four like named guys. And then it was kind of a dry spell. Like we would hit, we would see one or two, no big deal. But then this year was supposed to be Andrew uh, San- Santino, I think his name is. Yeah, um, Cheeto I mean, Santino. Yeah. And then there was uh, Christopher Titus, Louis Black, um who the fuck else was there um joey diaz like we had tickets bottom the whole night we were ready to go and then COVID hit and it all went away and uh, yeah yeah and so that's kind of what i'm wanting is once this whole COVID thing you know dies off which honestly i'm, I'm i haven't been seeing it you know i mean i see people going oh the numbers are going down oh no i want it gone i want to be able to like go out go to a store without a mask and have everybody look at me like I have my dick in my hand, you know? Yeah. I mean, have you seen the South? It's actually crazy down there. Oh, I bet. Or like, like South Carolina. Like I got a mm-hmm. lot of friends who go to college in mm-hmm. South Carolina and it is completely open. There is no restrictions. Yeah. And any restriction there is, is completely ignored. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's unreal. It's, like if you want to break from the whole COVID thing, just mm-hmm. go to South Carolina. <laughs> yeah, South Carolina, Florida, <laughs> any of those places. Yeah, um, for for me, some things didn't shut down. So because of the nature of what I do for a living, you know, if you can fix a computer, everybody's your best friend, right? And I've told people, you know, if you're a close friend, close relative, all that, I'll help you out for free. Don't sweat it, right? But right. if you're somebody that you know, you're a friend of a friend or whatever, I'll still help you. And if you're tight of money, I'll still, you know, I'm totally cool with that. Trade me time, right? Trade me, mm-hmm. you know, some of your time, some of my time, right? And because of that, a lot of things that were supposed to shut down for everybody else in, during COVID didn't shut down for me. 
like, you know, I have a gym that I go to. It's a powerlifting gym, right? It's not one of those 24 hour fitness kind of places or anything like that where everybody's like fit and tone. This is a place where like a dude can, you know, deadlift 600 pounds, you know, and the, the, uh, the place never shut down for me. Like the guy literally called me up one day and he's like, Hey, listen, you know, I'm getting my teeth kicked in because this poor prick, he literally moved, signed the lease. Everybody was happy because he was growing and he was a good dude. He moved into a new building, signed the lease. And like a week later, COVID hit and they, they told him to shut down. Well, to get into his place, you have to like beep in with a key fob and all that kind of shit. Anyway. So what he did was he just threw, he threw up blackout curtains on the windows and, uh, literally he was like, Hey, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I says, fuck them. Stay open. You know, do what you got to do, man. And I told him, I'm like, Hey, keep charging me the monthly fee, you know? And then when things kind of ease up, you know, you know, then, you know, I don't know, give me like a free t-shirt or some shit like that. Right. And he's like, Oh man, I really appreciate it. Blah, blah, blah. Well, like literally a couple weeks later, he was like, fuck them. They're trying to shut me down. They're trying to make, tell me how I can run my business. Fuck them. I'm not doing that. He says, you want to come work out? You come work out. Great. I've been working out better part of a year no problem there's a gym near me um i'm fat as shit i mean i don't go to the gym but uh, but uh (laughs) there's a gym near me uh that i think it's new jersey or pa right near where i'm at i'm in delaware but uh they uh they're like fully open and like Mm -hmm. they have been since it all closed but Mm -hmm. i mean like a lot of the gyms are allowed to be reopened now but they stayed open the whole time and they're like going to war with the governor pretty much like they're they're like pretty much like armed like not letting you in unless you're like a gym member and they're pretty much holding the fort i think it was on the news too Uh, oh i remember that guy yeah 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 like some big muscle head looks like a guido kind of guy and he's like holding fort like like literally like saying like fuck you guys like you can't come in you can't shut me down so like they'd have to like forcefully go in if they wanted to shut him down didn't they turn didn't he say like i'm gonna turn this into like the republican headquarters or some shit like that something like that yeah, yeah. he's, he's called like a safe haven for yeah, like that guy yeah, was great. yeah his, his eyes are like bulging out of his head yeah well because that's a, the problem is that you know politicians it, it, pretty much universally it doesn't necessarily matter if you're left or right but politicians just seem to like being able to t- being able to tell people what to do and it's like no you don't get to do that you know you can say you can and a bunch of people will argue with me but this country was founded on the words fuck you and yeah and they don't understand this guy's a small business owner you know he doesn't have a full-time job this is his job and you're telling him he has to shut down like for me um i i've been blasting politicians in my state because they've been saying oh you can't evict people right now to be fair i don't own uh, real estate in my state i own it back east but they were telling people you can't evict people and so people were like well then what the fuck am i going to do and they're like i don't know figure something out and so then, of course, tenants were going, well, if you're not going to evict me, then I don't have to pay, right? And yeah. A lot of tenants were smart enough to go, wait a minute, I'm, the, the bill is still racking up, right? And, but they were telling people, hey, you can't, you can't evict, you can't nothing. And so people were rightfully pissed and they're going, well, can you like make, if I can't evict, can you at least take away the property taxes I'm paying? Nope. Can you at least, you know, help me with insurance? Nope. They were, they were basically telling them, you can't collect your money, but you also can't uh we're, we're also not going to help you in other words they were cutting off the uh the supply or the demand but they were cutting off supply or vice versa it's just a big shit show and the, there's one thing that would solve all of these problems it, mm-hmm. it really boils down to if you're going to tell people they can't make money in any sense whether it be landlords or tenants mm-hmm. or just any workers in general mm-hmm. they can't make money because you're telling them they can't then you have to pay them 
Mm-hmm. So if you're exactly. gonna tell if you're gonna tell, it's fine if you're gonna cancel rent, but you now have to pay the rent as the government. Like right, exactly. So, someone's got to pay it essentially, and this fixes all these problems. And like people can argue that they we don't have the money or this right. and that, but like I come from the standpoint that we're already paying the money. It's somewhere, but you just gotta kind of find it. And yeah. and I think the way that you make people the most happy is to pay them, but I, they gotta do it in the right way, and they can't just pull money out of their ass. Yeah. And that's the problem is that, you know, with this whole COVID, um, you know, bill that's coming through, this supposed to cost $1.9 trillion. That money has to be paid back. I mean, that money yeah. is going to go into the debt and, you know, I, I'll probably be dead before, you know, that bill comes due, but you'll be paying for it and yeah. you'll be paying for it with higher taxes and all that. And I don't think people kind of grasp how the government works. So when they see, Hey, I'm going to get a thousand dollar check. I'm going to get a $2,000 check. This is going to be great. And it's like, well, no, that money's got to be printed out, paid off. And then on top of that, a lot of companies uh, or a lot of countries buy our debt. So now we're paying somebody else. Now, a lot of people say, oh, my God, China owns us. No, they don't own us. They don't, they don't own shit. They own, uh, you know, something like 9% of our debt, you know, whatever. And that could be easily fixed with a simple law that says no foreign country is allowed to own more than X amount of debt or whatever the fuck it is, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, if you, if you, like, let's say I take you know, a million dollars and I give it to you, right? Well, if I give every person a million dollars, now all of a sudden inflation kicks up and now all of a sudden, you know, that candy bar that was 85 cents now is, you know, four bucks or whatever it is, because now money becomes worth less, you know, it's a bunch of- end up like Zimbabwe. Exactly. You got a trillion dollar bill, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But as far as the the, the comedy goes, what, what you were yeah. saying earlier about the clubs closing and it mm-hmm. being hard to get out, it just sucks because mm-hmm. uh, it, it's hard to write when you're finding your rhythm to go to mm-hmm. have that kind of thing happen. But um, mm-hmm. it, it, it the the thing about it is that a lot of the clubs are still open and they're mm-hmm. doing like uh outdoor settings or mm-hmm. figuring out like minimum capacity but that like that's not for me <laughs> like right. like mark norman came to town and did a big okay. show the other day and right. like that's awesome like it's great to see people all filing back into clubs and stuff but like right. that's not that that doesn't help uh well i guess it's a step towards helping guys like me but that that doesn't help at all <laughs> right well you know did you see I mean? uh big jager okerson got knocked off stage by a fan did he really? Oh, oh God, you got to find the video. I think it was done by Ari Shafir or something like that. But basically he was flipping. He was, he was talking to some lady, her boyfriend got pissed for whatever reason, snuck around the back of the stage. Cause it looks like he's at like a, like a fucking fair, like a fairgrounds or some shit like that. And the guy snuck around on the backstage, ran up on stage and just fucking tackled him off stage and knocked him down. Guy went to jail. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys just encourage that behavior. It was bound wow. to cut, like happen at some point. That's so funny. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, for me, I, I would think that you know, if there if there's comedy clubs doing that, you know, it might not be a bad idea to to you know get your ass back up on stage. You know, one, yeah. it helps you know get your rhythm, get your confidence, work out material, you know, things like that. Yeah, I'm saying they're not doing open mics or sh- stuff like that. Oh, though. okay. Like if, okay. if they're if they're, they're opening shows. up, they're doing shows. Like, uh, okay. Like so, okay. if they're gonna spend the money to do some massive outdoor facility, okay. they're not gonna pack it with an open mic. No. Like they're no. gonna have they're gonna have an act. Okay, that makes sense then. Yeah, because I was thinking they're you know, it's like, dude, if they're doing it, then fucking go, man. Oh yeah, I would. I told I would at the first possible. There there are some now now just starting to. So I'm gonna get up there as soon as possible. Yeah. Well, at least you know you got your podcast. You know you got a couple. You got a full time job. You know, so it's not like you're hurting. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, it's uh how's your podcast doing? Uh, it's all right. I mean, honestly, I was expecting it to do a little bit better off the bat, but it's yeah. it's just, you know, you got to find exposure, you got to do that kind sure. of stuff. I think it'll it'll get there. Um, yeah. especially once I start cranking out stuff more consistently when I have yeah. more time. But I found that myself. I mean, I've got probably I'd have to check see how many listens I've got. I don't have many, but um I'm starting to find that I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say getting traction, but I can see that it's starting to happen. Like I've got a listener in Hungary, like the country. Okay. And so and that's like, oh, just okay, from consistent cool. uploading, right? Right. I think it's, you know, consistent uploading. I do a show once a week, you know, this is actually um, an additional show because I normally would do a show Friday or Saturday night. I get some friends on, we'd all bullshit. We'd all tell stories about, you know, various shit. Like <laughs> last, I think it was not last show, but the show before, um, I got a, a show where I talk about a bombing that happened in my school when I was in high school and everybody goes, Oh my fucking God. And this tells you the difference in time, you know, what our time versus now I tell you, Hey, a bombing happened in our school and everybody goes, Oh my fucking God. You know, you would think SWAT teams and, you know, yeah. FBI and all that shit. No, it was literally the principal went like, all right, whoever did it, knock it the fuck off. This isn't <laughs> funny. And that's just the way it was. I mean, you know, we, we didn't really have all this paranoid bullshit. Um, like I, in fact, I brought it up, might as well tell the fucking story. So a friend of mine and me, um, we used to like playing with explosives, right? Right. So anarchist cookbook, that kind of shit, right? So which the anarchist cookbook was like the only way or just flat experimenting to kind of play with new explosives, right? So we go out in the fucking forest, make a pipe bomb, toss it, boom, yay, ha ha, dumb 17 year old shit. So one day, um, this is going to tell you, this is going to tell you how different the fucking times are. We pull in to the parking lot. There is a truck there with a gun rack. You, you've seen the old school gun racks in, in truck windows. Yeah. Yeah. With a rifle in there. Nobody thought anything of it because, eh, you know, he's got a rifle, whatever. You know. <laughs> we go to school. We're having a great time in the student smoking section. <laughs> which just is not a thing anymore. A friend of ours is sitting or is sitting next to a garbage can. And it's one of those garbage cans that has a little metal lid on it. That's like a dome shape. It's got the little flap on it. Right. And this bomb goes off inside of it and launches this, uh, this lid easily 60, 80 feet in the air, just boom. Right. Everybody hits the deck. You know, our friend thinks, Hey, that wasn't funny. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, principal comes down what the fuck happened bomb went off in the student's uh smoking section and, and the principal's like yeah yeah ha 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 all right smart asses fucking knock it off all right go get your asses back to school thought nothing of it like literally like okay you guys are fucking around you guys are doing dumb shit and here's the kicker this legitimately on my son's life was not me or my buddy somebody else decided to do it but we were known as the explosives kids so of course we get pulled into a fucking office and all right just admit it nobody will come to anything we're like literally we do not know who did this and they're like yeah yeah whatever we're searching your lockers right now look through lockers didn't find anything but for the whole time like it was just like yeah the bomb went off at the school and everybody went oh okay cool and and this is before columbine this is before school shootings this is before all those other things right um in fact, that's one thing that, that kind of aggravates me is these gun control people, they are playing up people's fears. You know, oh my God, there's school shootings all over the place. Oh my God, there any kid could be a school shooter. 
and they inflate their fucking statistics and all that other kind of shit to scare you into thinking that something is a bigger deal than it is. Whereas I tell you, hey, a bomb went off. And because people weren't really thinking, oh my God, people are trying to kill each other in the schools. They just went, all right, a couple of kids doing dumb kid shit. All right, knock it off. People put out their cigarettes and went back to class, you know? Well, yeah, that, that, that has a lot to do with just like the way the, the news works. Cause like, exactly. W- w- what I actually kind of liked what they did and they were catching a lot of flack for it. Um, I don't know if they did this on purpose, but every time there's like a shooting or a bombing, everyone mm-hmm. says, uh, oh, why are they putting this kid's face all over the news? That's what mm-hmm. he wanted, That all that. Like that, this mm-hmm. year's giving him exactly what he wants. Everyone freaks out. Mm-hmm. But then this year, there was that, like, that bombing in Nashville. And mm-hmm. you, it blew up a whole city block. You barely oh, even yeah. heard about it. This I don't know who, did, I don't know who did it. I don't know how it happened. I mm-hmm. mean, maybe that's just because I'm ignorant. I don't watch the news, but like, mm-hmm. I really didn't see much about it at all. And now they're catching all this flack because they're they're saying like, oh, it's uh, he was probably a white guy. They're probably doing that um, just to like cover his identity or stuff. But like, isn't that what we always wanted? Like to mm-hmm. not like give it the attention it needs. And like, mm-hmm. obviously, it needs uh, some attention in. Mm-hmm sense that you need to know what's going on in your country and your city Mm -hmm. and also to help give them help like for the people who are affected by it Mm -hmm. but like that like i'm sure whoever did it didn't get the reaction they were hoping for which is in my book a win (laughs) well for me the the thing that aggravates me is they're playing off of people's fears in fact i had a conversation with a legislator in my state about because she constantly pushes gun control and i'm like hey you know what this is ridiculous and she she actually made the point of and she did it in front of a bunch of people and it was great she goes you know kids right now are being taught drills on how to avoid active shooters and i go yeah i've looked at the fbi statistics the chances of a kid getting killed by a gun in their school is literally one in one million and in in any in any given year one in a million and she Mm -hmm. goes but it's still a chance and i go okay you're scaring children for no fucking reason and yeah, I mean, even when I was in school, we were doing that, like, yeah, because uh, I think <coughs> probably mm-hmm. it was right around when like Sandy Hook happened, like mm-hmm. that whole thing happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, they started like, like the drills are, are, are crazy what they make you do. They'll get you like, like kind of like a lockdown drill, but you're kind of like hidden under a desk, but they'll literally tell you like grab textbooks and stuff. And like, yeah, if they come in and start throwing them at, at the, like the intruder, like mm-hmm. that's like what the drill is. You're being trained to like. Yeah. fight off an imaginary gunman when you're this like third fourth grade yeah <laughs> and the thing is is that you know let's think about this logically right you're a young dude you just got a school like we didn't have active shooter drills it just didn't happen right yeah that's not to say school shootings didn't happen it's just because news or news organizations are pushing that into to put fear in you right so how many people do you think are killed by actual gun violence when i say gun violence i mean i mean to shoot you I, you dead. I don't like you. How many people do you think die a year of that? And the thing is, I'm actually an expert on this and it's, and I kind of stumbled into being an expert on it. So go ahead. <laughs> I actually have, have no idea. Okay. Which is a fair, fair thing to say. So <laughs> gun control people will tell you a hundred people a day die from guns. Right. Right. So you think, Oh my God, that's like 40, 30, 40,000 people. Right. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing that I think it's almost 70%. It's like 68.5% or something like that of those are suicides. All right. So what they've told you is, Hey, guns kill people, hundred people a day die. 
from guns. But what they do is they put those two things together. So if I talk about gun violence, right, I talk about, you know, gangbangers and mass shooters and all that kind of shit. And then I say 100 people a day uh, die from guns, right? You're going to, your brain is naturally going to put those two together. Oh my God, it's, it's an epidemic. It's not true. If you go through the actual FBI stats, it's 11,000 people, not 40,000 people. That's so like 10,900 or something like that. That's so that's kind of like uh mm-hmm. like <laughs> there will always be like these like I guess men's rights activists who will be mm-hmm. talking about like when when they're talking about rape um and I get it like men like men being raped gets overlooked or or, or whatever sure. but uh but <laughs> but like the the thing is like the, the the stat that they always bring up they say men get raped more than women but like mm. one it's they get raped by other men so i don't know who, okay. right. who, who what tree you're barking up and two i think it's 90 percent are like in prison or like in the military right and I, I i don't really think i i i might be wrong here but is can you really compare prison rape to like like normal like like textbook rape like yeah, like depends I, I guess I guess it is the same thing, sure. but like I think it's kind of rough to bring up that statistic in like a yeah domestic setting. Like sure. if, I don't know if you know what I mean when I'm saying that, but I'm saying like oh, it's kind of the same thing where they lump in the same like two stats right. just to kind of mislead you. Sure. In fact, um, that's one thing that you'll see um, on guns is they'll pump up the number, and the, the, what they but they don't tell you is that number also includes justified shootings. So let's say you're attacking a woman, she pulls a 38 and kills you. Then right. you know, all of a sudden it's like, he died from gun violence. It's like, no, he died trying to attack a woman. And you know, it happened, you know, right. but also they redefine what a school shooting is. And I found this out and they actually fucking admitted it. So when you think school shooting, right? If I say the word school shooting, what do you think immediately? Uh, weird kid. Not a lot of people talk to him. Uh, hmm. Tells you not to come to school in the morning. Cause he thinks you're cool. Yep. And pulls out uh, some heavy weaponry from his uh, backpack and goes to town. That kind exactly. of exactly, and that's exactly what most people think. Now, what they also do is they taught they say a school shooting is any firearm or any bullet that comes within school grounds. So, for example, they had a guy who had uh, gone to an abandoned school, had been abandoned for nine months, three o'clock in the morning, nobody's around decides he's going to off himself with a gun. They counted that as a school shooting. There was a guy who fired a gun into the air to celebrate something. The bullet went over a school, like didn't hit the school, didn't hit any students. They counted that as a school shooter. <laughs> they had a guy who got mad at his wife, pulled a gun. She ran, ran onto school grounds. You've seen school grounds, gigantic, you know, fucking yeah. fields and shit like that shot her she was 10 feet onto the fucking school grounds they counted that as a school shooting so when they say hey there's a school shooting every day everybody goes oh my god kids are you know running rampant with fucking ar-15s and they're losing their minds like no that's not really the case then if you trace it back to find out who's doing it it's michael bloomberg and michael bloomberg is the billionaire who's constantly telling you you need to give up your guns you need to give up your this your that and da 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 and so then you ask, you got to ask yourself this one last question. Why would a billionaire give a shit about guns about you? Why would he care that Brian wants to buy himself an AR-15? And the only answer I've come up with is an AR-15 makes you a threat to somebody like that. If you don't have right. a gun, he can wear the fuck he wants. 
You know, that's why politicians are the same way. If you're such a, uh, a threat to people, you know, why would, you, why would somebody tell you, you can't have a gun, you're a bad person for wanting a gun, blah, blah, blah. And the only answer that I have for that is they're doing some shit that they're afraid you're going to shoot them for. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and it is them against us to a certain extent. It absolutely. But the, the problem is, is that, um, so I'm like, I'm like on the fence about the issue because mm-hmm. I'm not, I like it. Like, I agree with what you're saying, sure. but like, I think that there's certain people that shouldn't have guns, but I don't sure. think in any situation that everyone shouldn't have guns, but there's already systems in place to make sure those people don't, don't get guns. And I don't right. really know enough about it to know if there should be more of a system, but. The, for um, me, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I, I actually don't even remember where I was going with that. So go ahead. <laughs> for me, the, 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 the big thing is if I want to buy a gun, I go through your little background check. That's fine. And that's it. And then I can buy any gun I want. That's, that's fair to me. Right. Right. If I, if you're asking me to register, to pay taxes, to jump through hoops to that's the other thing is there's red flag laws. If I get somebody who can't, who, who doesn't like me, who goes in front of a judge and says, your honor, he's, he's a bad guy. In theory, I could have my guns taken from me without being arrested or convicted of a crime, which is in of itself unconstitutional. Yeah, I mean, it should never be pay to play in the sense that you have to mm-hmm. pay all these like licensing and like mm-hmm. background checks, and really, essentially, the people who end up getting it, you have to be mayor of Bloomberg to own a exactly. gun. But uh, the the thing is, like, the people who fight the most about gun control and not mm-hmm. like not having gun control should really be like on the same side, mm-hmm. essentially, because it, it really is like like them against us and not us mm-hmm. against us. Meaning, like, if I'm leaning hard left and you're leaning hard right Mm -hmm. like but we both aren't billionaires Mm -hmm. like it's still us against them like (laughs) so it's like all the people who fight the hardest are the people who who really have gained the most to like agree on something if that makes sense and really what like people like bloomberg are looking is for us to uh or for i guess in this situation it would be the left to control the right Mm -hmm. or um it's not even a left or right thing, but the gun control people to control the non-gun control people. Mm-hmm. And uh, that would bid in his, in his favor, I guess. Mm-hmm. Oh God, you got to see uh, Bloomberg. It's hilarious to watch. Fine. There's a town hall that he did and some guy got up and had a perfect point. He says, why, you know, tell me, explain to me why it is that um, your bodyguards can have the same kind of weapons that you're trying to make it so that I can't have, you know, yeah. basically saying, Hey, why can you and I, and I not, and Bloomberg, when he was running for president, he's a fucking hateable dude. And <laughs> he goes, well, I get threats every day. And the guy goes, yeah, that's great. Well, so, so does everybody else. Try again. And he just stumbles through his answer. And he looks like a complete asshole about it all. Yeah. And they're so out of touch. And these are the guys mm-hmm. we got to fucking vote for. Exactly. In fact, that's one thing. Like, I didn't vote for Trump um, in 2016 or in 2020. I voted for Gary Johnson, who's a libertarian, and uh, Joe Jorgensen. Jorgensen. Yeah. And the reason for that is gun guns are, a, a, I want to say, a single issue for me, but they're, they're, it's very, very high up there. You know, because I'm, I'm the notion like, hey, Brian says, you know, guns ain't for me. I don't want to own a gun. Cool. Don't own a gun. It's, it's a heavy responsibility. If it ain't for you, it ain't for you, man. That's cool. Just stay the fuck out of my business, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. But the flip side of that is I got, you know, small children. And so 20 years from now, when they're starting to come into the workforce and they're going to have to deal with the environment and, and you as well, you know, I mean, my vote affects you 
much more than you would think, right? right. So my vote, you know, is going to put somebody in, in position of power to be able to, uh, to establish policy that's going to affect you long-term, right? So mm-hmm. I got to be able to justify my vote, you know, 20 years from now, right? I've got a, I got a guy, uh, a friend of mine, uh, I call him a friend of ours. A friend of ours to me is a guy that I can tell the deepest, darkest shit to, right? Right. So he, he's a friend of ours, right? So mm-hmm. he voted for Joe Biden. And I go, cool, why'd you vote for Joe Biden? He goes, well, he's not Trump and I don't like Trump. Okay, that's your right. You can do whatever the fuck you want. But can you justify that vote 10 years from now, 20 years from now? Can you, can, you know, you got to think about the person you're voting for, not because of the person you're voting against. Dude, you're going to hate my reason why I voted for Biden. That's okay. Tell me what you got. <laughs> I'm from Delaware. <laughs> from Delaware? And we get no recognition out here. So every sure. single person voted for, for Joe Biden just because he's a Delaware guy. <laughs> he, went yeah, to, yeah. he went to our college. He went... <laughs> And uh, it, it doesn't feel great to say that, but yeah. I, I haven't, I haven't like, <clears throat> especially cause it's only my second time voting. So, sure, uh, like, you know, and the thing is, I don't care who, who somebody votes for, honestly, what I care more about is why'd you vote for the person? Right. Yeah. And so you vote for them because you're Delaware. All right. You're in your twenties, you're young, you know, whatever people. And, and I cannot, I cannot say that I didn't do or say, things that i just go what the fuck was i thinking again you know that kind of thing so yeah well I, I, he kind of got me like on his train like i, I kind of started agreeing with him at a certain point sure. and then like he backtracked on everything as soon as he got elected <laughs> like he, he like hard backtracking but i'm I, i'm big on uh like environmental stuff but sure. um i mean to be honest with you the guys i like the most were uh bernie and andrew yang but and and i i hated just what what the DNC did to those guys, but I, I got to admit, Bernie got fucked. Yeah, Bernie. Yeah, I mean, pretty fucked. much everyone can agree on that. Like, no matter where you stand, like he he yeah. got he got screwed over. But uh, I get why people don't like him. I just think he's like true to his. his he, he's been doing the same yeah. shit since like 1965. Like, I can't yeah, Bernie comes across to me as as sincere. And yeah. that's that's the one thing I do like about Bernie Sanders. For me, he comes across as sincere. May not necessarily agree with him. In fact, he did an interview with uh, Killer Mike. I think the guy's name, the big fat black guy. You know uh, oh wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's yeah. a comedian, right? Uh, you know, I don't know what Killer Mike does. I, I want to say. Wait, wait, no, 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 wait, no, 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 Killer Mike. Yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. I was okay, thinking, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. So Killer Mike did an interview with him, and he said, and they were talking about guns, and he says, "Hey, you know, I think if I pass your background check, I should be able to buy anything I want." And Bernie was like, I disagree. And here's why, blah, blah, blah. And he, and he, made, his, he made his point. I completely disagreed with him, but he made his point and he seemed sincere about it. Whereas with Joe Biden, Joe Biden kind of seems like the kind of guy for me, because people forget that Joe Biden did the 1994 crime bill, which put oh. a lot of people in jail that didn't necessarily need to be there and outlawed assault weapons for 10 years. And so, well, um, so, so this is from a, a Delaware standpoint. He mm-hmm. was really big on um setting up like the education system in delaware and delaware has probably the most i not a lot of people know this but probably like the most racist school system in (laughs) the entire country like they they were like the way they desegregated was in i I can't explain exactly how but the way they zone so i'm assuming from wherever you're from when you were when you were um when you went to like middle school and Mm -hmm. if you went to public school and you lived in say new the, the town of of york you would go right. to york middle school right, right. Or, so that's not how it works in delaware okay in delaware there's say the rich town of york right and then there's wilmington which is like 
has the highest like murder rate in the entire country, like right. per capita. And they take 50% of the kids from inner city Wilmington and 50% of the kids from upper class York and mm-hmm. they blend them together. Okay. And what, and what, so that seems like a good idea. It seems like a good way to integrate, integrate at first, but what happened back in the day was that all the loaded millionaires, DuPonts are huge in Delaware. Mm-hmm. Um, that like all the all the loaded people pe- people were like, hey, I don't want my kids going to school with the inner city kids because you know they're racist and right. whatever they had in mind. But they said they said that, and now Delaware has, um, I think more private schools than almost any other state, or yeah, something that. like that. And it's it's like the second smallest state, yeah. just because they all just went and built their own private schools, and now you have to pay. $50,000 a year for your kid to go there. So right. those are the only kids getting the good education. And now all the other kids are just getting fucked. And it, it, it it's like is the that, most fucked up school system on the planet. Is that the busing thing that Kamala Harris was talking about? Yes. Very similar. Okay. Very okay. similar. So, so this is, this is the, this is the thing I hate about her, right? She's the kind of girl that like, she sucked the right dick to get in. Cause I remember the story came out, like she was banging some dude and he got her her first politics job and he admitted it. He was like, yeah, I helped her career. She's like, yeah, she sucked on my dick. What would you? And I'm sitting there going, yeah. And to me, I would have totally been fine with her if she had said, yeah, I suck his dick. You know, I suck his dick. So I get a job. Great. I'm totally fine with that. At least admit it. Don't bullshit me. No, I struggled all that kind of shit. But for me, when she, she said, you know, I was that little girl who was bust in and your racist policies and blah, blah, blah. And then he picks her to, to run with her. And then all of a sudden, you know, and, and nobody followed up with this, but um, what the fuck's that dude's name? Not Colbert, the other guy. The guy with the glasses. Uh, oh, Trevor goofy. Noah. No, he was a white goofy dude with the glasses. White goofy. Oh, um, John Oliver? No, John, John, oh, it might be still Colbert. Okay. Yeah, it's not the British Colbert, guy, John, guy. Not John Stewart, right? No, no, no. It's gotta be Colbert. Um, yeah, because yeah, he's now Colbert. he's now got the late night show. He used to have the Colbert right. rapport. So right, but said, now he's doing like the, the big time show. Yeah. So he says, Hey, you know, you, you played the race card against the guy, and now what you're running with him. What the fuck? And she goes, Oh, that was just a debate. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is the shit I've been calling people about. That's what we're basing time. our votes off. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, wait a fucking minute here. Either he's a racist or he isn't. You know, I don't necessarily believe that he's a racist, but you know, if, if he's a racist. And you believe that shit, fine. But nobody called her out on it. Nobody said, hey, wait a minute. You fucking played the race card to get ahead. You're a lying yeah. little cunt. That, that's why it's all just a mess. All campaigning yeah. and election is just a mess. Because you literally can't believe anything you hear. I mean, the whole argument, like there's so yeah. many things you can go. You can go on and on for days about things wrong with Joe Biden's actual policies mm-hmm. or like how he is actually as is as a politician mm-hmm. but instead the only thing he gets attacked for is being like having dementia or something mm-hmm. it's like it's like <laughs> is that really what we're focusing on here yeah. like like i mean like I, i'm not a, i'm not a big joe biden guy like and right. i could i could list off all kinds of things i don't like about it but like right. the last thing i would bring up is like just like oh sleepy joe or something yeah. like that and it's and it's the same way the other way around with trump like you can go off on a million things but they'll get him on like some cringy like meme on the internet or something yeah. like or like something that's pretty much irrelevant in the grand scheme of things yeah and and that's what they focus all their attention on both yeah. both ways and it's that's why the whole election and like all the guys who called joe biden racist ended up endorsing him and screwing mm-hmm. bernie like all exactly. the guys who if they were as progressive as they said they were like pete Buttigieg and elizabeth warren and, mm-hmm. and uh, all of them if they were as progressive as they said they were and even kamala they would have endorsed bernie or mm-hmm. 
and they all flipped as soon as uh pretty much i guess the party told them to yeah and, you know i mean I, I i i barely know anything about politics and i i even i well, know that yeah for me the, the biggest one though is i hate hate fucking hillary she was oh, one yeah. of the most corrupt pieces we can all agree i've on ever that. seen that yeah and the thing is when her email server scandal came out I've set up email servers. I know how difficult it is and, you know, the kind of pain in the ass because they set it up on Exchange 2010 and Exchange is a fucking beast to set up. And so when she was like, oh, I did this out of convenience. I did this because, and she was coming out with all these excuses. I'm sitting there going, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. And like nothing came of it. I'm sitting there going, wait a minute. I've got friends and family in the military and they all talk about classified information. If I, if they took a piece of paper and they set it on a table where somebody else could see it, that was immediately going to be arrested, all sorts of shit, you know, going to jail. All sorts of I mean, shit. That's the policy. If you work at the postal service, let exactly. alone like <laughs> secretary exactly. of state. So I'm sitting there going, wait a minute. She fucking knows better. She's been in politics for fucking ever and nothing happened of it. And I'm sitting there thinking, wait a fucking minute here. This is a slam dunk case what the fuck are you guys doing you know yeah, so yeah i just I, I i cannot stand the back and forth bullshit because i can completely agree with somebody who's on the left hand side of things who says listen you know climate change is coming i think we should make them changes i think these are the things we should do great let's sit down and let's figure it out all right you want to do x y and z okay cool well if you want to do x y and z it's going to cost this you know because i'm going to yeah. come at it from a money perspective all right we can agree on that all right, you want universal health care? Cool. Let's let's talk it through, right? Which actually kind of kind of makes sense, and I'll, I'll tell you why. When Obamacare was coming through, what is that? Ten years ago now, something like that. Yeah, it's been back a while. in my day. Blah, blah, get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> but when Obamacare was coming through, he was talking about, I want to make sure you have insurance. I'll make sure this insurance, insurance, insurance. And I'm sitting there thinking, wait, wait, wait a fucking minute. Why are we talking about insurance at all? Let's let's talk just a purely simple business. How to run a business one-on-one, right? Cutting out the middleman. You cut out the middleman, you cut the red tape, you cut the bullshit, fine. You know, you're, you're cutting costs. When you're talking about, hey, we're going to do a bunch of these things and it's going to involve insurance companies, to me, you're, you're just fucking moving shit around. You know, you're not doing anything. Then, my, like, give you an idea right now between my insurance and the insurance for the wife and the kids, I pay about 1200 a month. And people go, oh, my fucking God, how can you afford that? And it's like, well, mm. I have a career, you know, I mean, it's, it's like yeah. I make a decent amount of money. But if I told you, Brian, you need to pay $1,200 a month, you'd probably be like, I'm fucking broke. No, can't. absolutely <laughs> not. Yeah, exactly. And for me, you know, you got to think things through. Now, also, to be fair, I also grew up with friends and family in the military, like I said, and the VA is basically kind of a mini you know, healthcare, you know, Medicare for all kind of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And I've seen the shit show that the VA was, I don't know if it is like now, but I've seen what it is then. And if it's anything like that, it's like, Hey, you guys are already incompetent as it is. Last thing I want you to do is be in charge of my fucking healthcare. Right. If you're going to do it, they got to do it. Right. Right. And then of course, on top of that, you've seen the waste, you've seen massive amounts of waste. You're not a dumb guy by any stretch of imagination. You've seen government waste billions trillions of dollars you think they're going to do the same thing with healthcare? no they're going to fucking waste money and blow through it and all that kind of shit and it's going to be a giant shit show not saying what we have currently is is the best of all worlds or anything like that but you know you need somebody who can come in and crack a whip yeah there's gotta be there's gotta be a right way to do it and Mm -hmm. it doesn't just mean just give everything away get the house away for free but Mm -hmm. i like the idea of not having to have a job to have health insurance but you uh, theoretically could 
Now yeah. people, now there's a thing called Cobra. Uh, it's basically for uh, if you were ever fired from your job that has health insurance, it's one of the first things they talk to you about. They're like, all right, you're a piece of shit. Get the fuck out. Oh, by the way, if you want health insurance, it's going to be X amount of dollars through Cobra. Mm-hmm. Cobra is wildly expensive. And that's coming from me. <laughs> yeah. Wildly expensive. You don't get a lot. It's basically catastrophic stuff. So you're hit by a car, you have a heart attack, something like that. But if it's like, hey, you know, my arm's kind of sore a little bit, don't bother, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, for me, my primary care physician is is the ER. Yours too, so. huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. I mean, and to be fair, you know, when you come out with something like universal health care, you also have to think about it in terms of, you know, who's, who's the common denominator? Who's going to use it, right? Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is I had a job when I was 19 years old, uh, work for UPS and UPS at the time, and this is 93, 94 and UPS at the time, their health insurance was, I can go into any hospital anywhere in the world for any reason. And it will be paid for in full. No problem. Right. right. So of course I worked, um, I worked a night sort, which was 10 AM to 2 PM or uh, 10 PM to 2 AM. Right. So it's a four hour shift, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're moving boxes and busting ass, it's you're exhausted. Right. Oh yeah. Can I tell you how many times I got sliced open by something? Right. Um, in fact, uh, you know, when you see uh, a box come in, it's got that metal band around it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I picked the box up like that. It fell out of my hands. I swiped my hand to pick it up and the metal band went underneath my ring fingers, uh, fingernail and blood everywhere Went to the emergency room here fix me it was a cut didn't need stitches didn't nothing but it fucking cut me good lady bandaged me up i was in the fucking er getting it taken care of i'm like yeah here you go take care of it's fucking you know it's free i don't give a shit and that was just me as a dumb 19 year old you know you get somebody you know who's just like oh i got free health care you know i'm gonna go to the emergency room whatever if you, if you don't put any kind of restrictions on that, you're going to have people coming to the ER for all sorts of shit. And ER doctors are not fucking cheap. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> and so, neither are ambulances. I learned that oh, the hard way. Oh, me either. In fact, um, last time I got any kind of uh, thing with an ambulance, um, me and my cousin, we were... 12 i think 13 we were we were racing our 10 speeds and uh because we were cool (laughs) (laughs) and uh he we were racing down the sidewalk and he went there was a telephone pole coming up now telephones coming up um it's in the grass you know offset from the uh the, the sidewalk and he went off of the uh the sidewalk to go around and he went onto the grass and went to go around the um the the telephone pole and his tire got stuck between the grass and the concrete and he started to fall. Well, when he started to fall, I put my hand up to, to push him up, to keep him up. Well, all I was really doing was pushing myself out in the traffic. <sighs> so I push myself out in the traffic and I do this Superman dive, slide, road rash everywhere, blood everywhere. I hear this car came, slammed into me and fucked me up pretty good. I stand up and I'm like, Oh God damn it. And I'm like, my clothes are ripped. There's blood everywhere. And I'm like, my mom's going to fucking kill me. And so the guy's like, Oh my God, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever. Right. So I'm thinking I'm in trouble. Right. Cause I just, you know, got hit by this car. So I pick up my bike and I throw it on my shoulder and the wheels all fucked up. And I'm like, well, I'll fix it when I get home. And my cousin, you know, he broke his arm 
And he got up, he put his bike on his shoulder and the guy's like, are you sure? You know, you're okay. We're like, yeah, yeah, we're okay. And so the guy's like, Hey, I hit a kid and he's telling me he's okay. I'm leaving. So he leaves. Right. <laughs> so we're walking bikes on shoulders. And all of a sudden we see a fire truck, an ambulance and a cop blow past us lights, sirens, the whole night. We're like, wow. Wow. Okay, cool. Then a minute later, they come back down the other side of the road. We're like, huh? Okay. That's fucking weird. And then of course, they come back again and I'm like, we're going, wow, somebody must be really fucked up. Right. And finally the uh, ambulance driver stops right in front of me. She says, Hey, were you hit by a car? We go, yeah. She goes, sit down. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> so I sit down, she starts bandaging me up. She takes it. She's anything broken. No, no, no. And we were dirt poor kids. You know, we, you know, we know what government cheese tastes like. And so her, uh, she looks at my cousin's arm. She goes, I think that's broken. And he goes, ah, that's cool. It's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. She's like, no, I'm pretty sure it's broken. He goes, no, oh, no, 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 it's fine. And so she goes, we, we think we need, uh, we need to get you to a hospital. And so I said, well, you know, I, I think I'm fine. Can you give us a ride home? She says, if I put you in this ambulance, you're going to the hospital and it's $2,000. And I'm like, whoa, no, 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 no. <laughs> we will be going home. So we, we walk in, bike fucked up rims all bent to shit my clothes are shredded i got bandages all over me blood all over the fucking place <laughs> i set my bike down at my aunt's house and uh my aunt looks at me looks at my cousin and she's been through this shit before she just looks she goes what happened <laughs> <laughs> this poor woman I used to I used to tell my friends that if anything like that happened to me or if I had a heart attack or whatever, just let me die. Because if mm -hmm. you call an ambulance, uh, like my mom's gonna kill me anyway. Yeah, so exactly. you might as well just let me die and save save her the exactly. money. <laughs> yeah, Brian Regan's got a funny bit on that where he talks about uh, you know being seven year olds and uh, you know putting up a plank and jumping it with your bike. Yeah, and he says, and my uh, my cousin. Or he says, my brother, Kevin, he says he jumped the bike and he fell and he broke his arm. And, you know, a bunch of seven-year-old paramedics are like, get some leaves, get some leaves, <laughs> put some leaves on it. He says, that, that's bad enough. He says, but, you know, there had to be that one kid that had to go tell mom. He says, yeah. so they tell me, hey, go tell mom. He says, so I'm running and I run in there and I'm like, and he says, hey, mom, just decided to run in here for no reason, you know? And she's, like, <laughs> and she's looking at me like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And he goes, hey, uh, you know Kevin, right? <laughs> <laughs> she says, you know how his arm normally goes like this? It's, it's not doing that now. <laughs> <laughs> when I was a kid, me and my, my brother, I have a twin brother. We were, uh, me and our next door neighbor were out on like a, th a thin pond, like deep in our backyard. Right. And it was uh, frozen and it was, it was very thinly frozen over mm -hmm. and we're walking around on it. And my brother's, he, he's actually kind of a genius. Um, right. So he had devised a strategy to test if the ice was thick enough mm -hmm. and uh, to walk on. So this strategy was to walk on the ice mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. then Clearly to take through. a massive rock and then throw it at his feet below where he was standing. <laughs> and if it didn't break, then it was safe to walk on. Yeah. And now, so he's walking on this ice and I shit you not, like it's so thin that like you can literally see completely through it. Mm -hmm. I, it I, it's a miracle. He didn't fall like earlier and like there's water like coming up from it. And my, my next door neighbor is just watching. He won't get on the ice. I'm on like the thick part of the ice kind of near the shore. And eventually like the inevitable happens. My brother goes directly through after throwing a rock at his feet of course, it and is. goes directly into the pond. And my neighbor just 
dips starts running towards the house and he was he was like a weirder kid and Mm -hmm. he was clearly running to go tell like my mom or his mom like what had happened and it's like snowing so now i'm watching my brother like like struggle to get out of the pond and every Mm -hmm. time he like tries to jump up like like more ice like falls down Mm -hmm. like so i'm watching him struggle and i'm watching my neighbor run towards the house and i made the executive decision to chase down my neighbor and make sure he didn't tell my mom and then like (laughs) as i'm chasing down my neighbor i finally get him and like tackle him i'm like dude don't fucking tell anyone and then i i'm like wait my brother is still in the pond so now i run back to the pond and he's still struggling (laughs) and he was like finally able to like slug crawl his way out of the water and like be like dude what the fuck like i could have (laughs) died we're like nine years old and my i don't i I still don't know if my mom or anyone's mom ever found out but that would have been bad i think i made the right decision you made the right decision yeah (laughs) Well, hey man, I gotta get to running. I got uh, I got the dog bitching at me, and I got the wife about to bitch at me. But uh, yeah, this was fun. We should do it again. Yeah, of course, man. Um, we'll see if we can get you on mine as well. Tell yeah. us some of your your swinger stories. Oh, I got tons. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, All right, man. we'll uh, we'll go it again. All right, cool. Great talking to you. Right. Uh, you my podcast. I didn't yes. I didn't send it to you, but it's a uh, fans only pod with Brian Johansson. That's that's me. perfect. Perfect. All right. All right. Well, you have a good night there, brother. Yeah, you too. Thanks, man. Uh, Bye.